opposing the, the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent. Well, we know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we want right to right wing. It's a hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation. That's a hard left wing position. Hard left, it's the hard left, 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 hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard left, hard left, left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, 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 hard left, left, hard Yeah, I, I, I think he probably has, uh, or at least trusted to a gate cast, and that's why he blocked me after being mutuals with me for a little while. <laughs> uh, like their serious analysis of my Fabian leaflet, even though they hated every single word of it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. he did listen to that. Do you reckon he listened to the episode where we stitched him up uh, with the, the interview and everything? I reckon someone might have told him about it at least, yeah. But... He'd be like, that nice young man wasn't so nice after all. <laughs> Swindlers oh. and thieves. That was always going to be the peak of it, though. Like, I, I still can't believe the line. <laughs> it includes me and some other people. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. Uh, should we... Um... Oh yeah, I just love when they're like, the woman's like, so uh, they support you then? And Gates is like, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> the squalid desperation of a, of a once great man. Yeah, yeah, did you see that uh, post the Trashies did the other day of the picture of Gates at the Hustings, like, look how they massacred my boy. <sighs> he just looks like a jellyfish that's melting. <laughs> I... I feel I if he didn't have such terrible opinions, I would feel sort of pity and sympathy yeah. for him beyond sort of the ironic pity and sympathy that I feel for him. If he was if he was like twenty percent less awful, like yeah, absolutely. Even if his politics was would still be pretty quite bad there, but like yeah, we, we we've been through this cycle a few times, haven't we? Where we start feeling like genuine sympathy and affection for him, <laughs> and then he'll come out and be like. Uh, yes, I agree in the replies of some transphobic yeah. or anti-Muslim horror. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like no, oh, oh, Gates is a turf guy. now, great. Yeah, <laughs> or, or mo- mo- most common, in fact, just starts to de- defend the Iraq war again. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah fuck, actually, no. Or defend Starmer. A... Like, I would love it <laughs> if he kept, like, sniping at Starmer for being, like, a secret Corbinite and stuff. That would be my favourite shit, but no, he's just typical, like, well done, Kia, well said, great to have real leadership again. It's like, you're not even, you're not even allowed to be in the party, brother. And when they, when they start <laughs> allowing people who ran against the party back into the party as a symbolic gesture... It ain't going to be you. Uh, it's going to be Luciana. <laughs> oh, God. 
I, I, I love the fact that he's obviously got the residual hatred for for Corbin, but other than that, he's just focused like hundred percent of his energy on on hating Sam Tarry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's become uh, like an avatar of all he despises. <laughs> like when Tarry lost for Trigger Ballot the other day, and FFF was like Mike Gapes, this is better than losing. <laughs> Wait, sorry. This is better than when I still had a wife and saw my family <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> Well, um, should we all hit record on uh, since we're bantering? Yeah, yeah. cool. I'm, I'm just checking my levels, and I'm going to make a couple of adjustments, but I'll do that in a second. Yeah, yeah, EQ uh, that shit up, get it pumping. Yeah, I hit record a bit ago, but I've also got uh, MP3 Skype recorder going as well. Nice, which should, me too, so we doubled up. Yeah, the amount of times we've either both forgotten to re- to do that, or, or one of us has done it, and it's just not worked or something. So. Yeah, you never be too yeah. careful. Yeah. I, I take it, Jack, you've seen the news in the last hour or so? Well, what, that our, our uh, brave boys at the Parliamentary Standards Commission came through, finally one institution that cannot be bought by the forces yes. of the deep state. Yeah, the, the the second oldest institution relating to the oldest parliament in the world. Beautiful. Yeah, I was thinking that might be a good like appetizer to get into you know, with, uh, yeah. you know, Pete's legal expertise. I think, I think <laughs> we could we could really lay out the case for why uh, Keir Starmer uh, should be um, extradited to a country where uh, certain interrogation techniques are allowed that aren't permitted on British soil. <laughs> <laughs> Prison's just too certain... good for him. That's just certain shipping containers in Britain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's this, uh, so, you know, there's this new documentary on Netflix out about Woodstock 99, or as I call it, the Sinan Coes Festival. And uh, I, I didn't, you know, I haven't watched it yet because it's like three parts. Like, they obviously saw that that other production company or fucking channel or whatever did, did that one part Woodstock 99 documentary and then they saw Gapecast three-part Gapefest documentary series and they were like that's it we want to do that we want to steal a bit of their thunder a bit of their prestige so uh they've made this like three-part series on Woodstock 99 and it actually made me realize just like seeing it on there like oh shit we forgot a really good fucking like opportunity for a joke in that which is like Woodstock 99 was like hosted on this fucking former military base which was just the most like miserable concrete structure like not a music festival place like there was barely any grass like uh i feel like it, 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 it to do a little double entendre like there this wasn't a, a grass festival either if you get what i mean there are probably people like do, doing trucker speed and stuff there and fucking you know punching someone to limp biscuit that's more the kind of scene but but like it was anyway it was awful and because it was on this fucking concrete military base like the sun like just made all the concrete like really hot and just that made people even more pissed off and doing even more crimes than that and then and so i was thinking like the military base angle that would have been such a good thing to incorporate into gape fest like have gapes host it on like a cia black site or something they invite him for like a laugh as a gimmick for and, and he accepts because he thinks it's just like a celebration of like extraordinary rendition or something. He doesn't realise his band's playing at all. 
Well, um, Pete, we got you there. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I, I've adjusted my settings to minimal feedback, so if I hit record, there should be got this. a usable track at the end of all you this. You run yourself through this whole rig, like stacks of martial amplifiers that you got to watch out for feedback with that. It's like the Grateful Dead, <laughs> famous wall of sound. Uh, well, it's, yeah, except for some reason it's like Neo in The Matrix. Uh, there's just sort of various pieces of equipment just falling off my shelves and shit, so uh, that's, how, that's how it's going. Anyway, I'll hit record now, and let's uh, let's do what we want. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, so let's rock. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's fuck. Uh, who's the director who says let's fuck before he... he... It's not Clint Eastwood. He said, after he does a take, he says that's enough of that shit. Who... There's another director who likes to say let's let's fuck before a take. I de- I definitely used to know this. Some somebody listening hooked me up with this. Anyway, let's fuck. Sure, sure. But let's roll in the words of the Fight Ninety Five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terrible Neil Young song. Let's roll for freedom. Let's roll for love. We're going after Satan on the wings of a dove. Perfect. Yeah, a fine tribute to to <laughs> the martyrs of United ninety three. Uh, of course, I mean the suicide bombers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wait. Of course, you 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 mean the government agents? The government who, uh... agents, and they did. It wasn't a suicide bomb, was it? They were hijackers. Uh, well, I mean, arguably they used the uh, uh, the plane as a bomb. That's but, true. Yeah, that's no. true, and they did die. So I guess it. Yeah, I guess it's just kind of semantics, isn't it? At that point. <laughs> well, uh, well, as I as I was alluding to, it's actually all just a uh, cover up from the deep states. Yes, um, yes, we've had too many of those recently, so I had to scrap a fucking episode because the Durham police like got got like fucking pre- melted. Yeah, previously an organization <laughs> that I held in the utmost regard, like uh, so, uh, just unimpeachable. A record of total integrity. Um, yeah, but no, the fix came in. They cleared Keir Starmer of his heinous made-up lockdown crimes that he committed, uh, and I just—that uh, was just a travesty of justice. But yeah, as we alluded to a minute ago, uh, our brave boys at the Parliamentary Standards Commission—that's what they're called, right—have uh, come through with the goods. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's just the story that broke in June that he was being investigated and everyone was like, no, no, he hasn't broke any rules and it doesn't matter if he did. Um, there's various things there. Um, they some found of the... that it's Keir Starmer uh, top of the World Trade Center. It's all out, yes. finally. <laughs> they did. He took a, a large donation from Osama Bin Laden's family. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, there's still a lot, yeah. of, a lot we don't know about uh, the money coming into Starmer. I, I, I can't remember if that was him or Prince Charles. So that means it's both of them. That's that's how this thing work. Um, we've got a legal expert on the episode today. That's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. Sh- wait, should we introduce uh, our? That's our probably a good idea. Legal expert, <laughs> the finest legal mind of his generation. Um, you've heard of Keir Starmer. You've heard of Saul Goodman. You've heard of Jeff Samuels, uh, <laughs> but have you heard of a, a Twitter user at Bane Nook? Nook. 
nuke, nuke exactly at, at Bane, Luke Akehurst. That's it. Yeah, yeah. nukes first. It's later. Right, would turn. <laughs> uh, well, hi, um, and thanks for having me on the show. Um, I've never been on this uh, podcast before because there was never a former user of mine that got banned in oh, yeah. 2019. That yeah, was previously yeah, but. Here. But if that was you, which I'm not saying it was, this would be your first proper appearance in, I believe, if I, five if I did years. It. If I it, did it. Would, yeah. I, I'm I, on the advice of my, my attorney, which is me. Um, I, I can't confirm Kardashian, or deny that. another great legal mind. Well, well, the problem is the legal minds you're talking of are, are all of the former generation. I, I'm more of the sort of uh, the Muad'Dib um, the the chosen one um, that was meant to bring ba- balance to the force. So, you know, comparing so, comparing them to me is like comparing uh, I don't know the Spitfire to the to the F thirty five. I'm the F thirty five, the far superior uh, vehicle there. That's all very well, but let's cut to the chase. How many foxes have you killed? Um, uh, look directly. Uh, you, you'll never get me on the hook for any foxes. Uh, I've killed as many foxes. I've killed fewer foxes than Keir Starmer has broken parliamentary standards. I can say that much. And probably okay. than Keir so Starmer most, has killed foxes. At most foxes. seven. Just, just yeah. probably. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, well, I, you see. You You're know, a lawyer. You can get me between out of this zero one, right? and seven. That's 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 sufficient. Well, the thing is, if you're keeping donkeys. Foxes are going to be there, so mm, got to intervene. Got to keep a, a, yep. a, a cricket. Was it a baseball bat? Wasn't it? It was baseball bat with. It, uh, it would be very yeah. British if it was cr- a cricket, cr- bat. cricket bat. Was what one of our former presenters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a really important. Oh, man, it's going to be dope when Jolyon has fucking Nick Cohen's head above the mantelpiece next to the foxes. Not long now. <laughs> the well... reckoning is here turn a windmill into like the Nick Cohen's career memorial <laughs> the second windmill that he's got down the road from his main one yeah you're gonna need uh, windmills to power Nick Cohen's no no that's a shit joke Nick Cohen's that ever stopped us before yeah, I, I, okay cool uh, yeah no so um, my sources are telling me that uh, Keir Starmer is actually scheduled to be executed for, for these breaches and no, I'm pro-life, so I take no pleasure in reporting that. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be a hard one for you. Uh, well, you know, um, I'm also a huge fan of Keir Starmer uh, because we're, we're we're both we're both sort of members of the same uh, profession and brothers professional of the cloth. Is that? I, I go with wig. Brothers of the wig is closer to what we are. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but yeah, the the thing with Keir Starmer is like. He is he is the greatest lawyer of his generation. Yeah. Um, so so I, I I I think you know we, we're not going to hear the end of this. We're going to hear some very loyal explanations, uh, which yeah. are going to sound very cool in public. Like everyone really gets very satisfied when you know someone who's broken the rules explains how actually they didn't break the rules, and here's a clever get out about why they didn't break the rules. People really love that. Mm. Well, I'll just say that wigs are very good for covering up baldness. Uh, have you ever seen Keir Starmer's hair in public? No. No, you haven't. So I just think you can just read between the lines there. Where's well, the I mean, on that? I mean, you know, Keir Starmer's a wealthy guy. He can afford to buy an entire farm of donkeys. You think he can't afford to get a good wig maker? 
I rest my case, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what's he actually done then? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so from what I've seen, the, the, the most... The most substantial murder, drug trafficking, robbery, these kind of charges. Uh, well, public indecency. Uh, I, well, well, the thing is, the, the 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 main thing seems to be he just seems to be accepting like tickets from football clubs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but the but the the one which stands out is is the is the sort of un unparticularized sale of a plot of land and no, no more details given on that. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, CIA black site that he personally lent out to them. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's a sort of leaseback operation. He, he, the CIA, he sold it to them, and then they lease it back to him so that, you know, if, if you if you suggest that, say, uh, you know, his name isn't uh, Keir at all, uh, you, you will find yourself waking up there after. Yeah, like a kind of Iran-Contra situation. Totally I'm thinking more and above board. Well, I'm thinking more of a sort of a David Miliband special. You you sort of get rendered into a farmstead on Surrey or whatever <laughs> fucking, fucking county he comes from. Yeah, do you think there's a possibility that it might be the donkey place, the, the, don, the donkey crib, don, donkey house? I mean, if I'm own. a if if I'm a CIA guy and I'm writing sort of something <laughs> stupid, I, I would call. If you are, if you did uh, it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 would, I would call it the donkey I farm. I steal, steal my co-host jokes from five minutes earlier <laughs> yeah. throughout this episode. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, think about it, though. It's like you, you can just see in a sort of CIA movie, George Clooney saying uh, he got sent to the donkey farm. And, um, <laughs> that and, and place that's... they call the farm, to quote well, yeah. Mr. C, one of the great villains in history. No, not that Mr. C, the one who led the Labour Party for four terrible years causing untold chaos and destruction i think you'll find his name was mr cobb according to the czech uh the, the czech spy thing Do you oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mr cobb god mr. Cobb. Uh, so it's it's it, it is it is funny that the, to touch on the czech spy thing because that slightly precedes something several of the items that we discussed today but uh yeah what a what a wonderful time what a wonderful world there's a great bit actually on, uh, you know, I hate to recommend rival podcasts, you know, people who were of a comparable level of fame and stature to like Owen Jones, like, you know, I hate to tell people to listen to his podcast, but Alex, um, Alex Nunn's was pretty good on it. Uh, and he, he just said at one point, like, yeah, the Labour right won. It's depressing. It's a depressing world. <laughs> it was like the great rallying cry. <laughs> I didn't disagree with him, but it was just very funny, uh, funnily, matter-of-factly put. I was going to say, like, he keeps... Uh, you mentioned there that a few of these were basically, like, him claiming hospitality and then I'm not declaring it by the deadline, but uh, it's just a weird thing where he seems to be, like trying to maximise how many Arsenal games he can blag tickets to by, like, <laughs> going to the away games of the other London teams. Like, so, one, what sort of a wanker would go to, like, Crystal Palace's hospitality to see the team that isn't Crystal Palace play, right? And, two, it's just really, really funny that he basically uh broke all the rules to to see his team get absolutely battered by by a team no one expected to beat him. Well well look it's it's not like I support uh, a, an immediate city rival of 
of Arsenal's and think it's incredibly funny how they ended up in the last season. Um, but beside that, <laughs> it's also it's so weird because like he is independently wealthy. But yeah, it's very easy to just buy those tickets. It's yes, yeah. You know, it's like people people wang on about how rich Corbyn is because he lives in a house in London, but Keir mm-hmm. Starmer himself lives in a similarly situated. In fact, if you look at them exterior to exterior, a much nicer looking house and probably a much bigger house on the on the inside. Um, and, and so, if we base those two things side by side, they're comparable. But Keir Starmer was also sort of the premier human rights QC for many years and that's a lucrative business I, it's yeah. it's so weird to see guys being penny ante by this and it, it this is a slight digression but it, it harkens back to the um, the nonsense of the expenses crisis because you'd see people who just had no need to be claiming for these things just yeah. absolutely blagging it and it's like it was the entitlement that angered people more than like or you've claimed some extra office supplies you shouldn't have, so much as, like, why have you done that when you earn 80k and you get another, what would be 30k's worth of stuff for us on expenses anyway, you know? Yeah. Why, why, why would you not, like, buy that garden ornament yourself or, or whatever <laughs> it is, you know? Well, and yeah. It's, it's, it's that, again, you know? Well, it's built, um, there, it's... there seems to be a real sort of insular and, and quickly built up entitlement among MPs with this in, in, in general because I mean Starmer when you think about it it's not been an MP that long and he's obviously got quite quickly sort of yeah put everything on the expenses I can remotely get away with and, and this sort of thing I get blag every freebie I can as well through the obviously um, I said expenses there but a lot of them are uh, picked up through the, the sort of um, the parliamentary working groups and so on that they do, a lot of which are sort of industry blags. Um, Charlotte Nichols had been an MP about five minutes when she realised she could blag loads of free hospitality just for like going to a few meetings a year. I'm not a grass just, or anything, but just like picture me like in some like old school phone booth, just like in a, a, a trench coat and a hat, just like t- hurriedly like entering in coins and being like, Cut, hello, is that the Parliamentary Standards Commission? Uh, you might need to look into a Charlotte Nichols. <laughs> Oh, so that's what that's what you meant by going for a pin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to, I, 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 forgot, I, I, I forgot. I was worried. I was worried that was good, that you weren't going to end the tale with uh, f- phoning about Charlotte Nichols there and being in a <laughs> phone booth. I was reminded that you can do that, and that I was like, "Oh, Keir Starmer's got in trouble for this." So I just went and grassed up all my enemies in that short little period, all my parliamentary enemies. Well, well, the funny thing what? is about it, and and this just looping a bit back to what uh, Karen said is. The, he's only getting in trouble for the stuff he hasn't declared. The stuff he has declared just raises some questions as well. I, I mean, and, and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but but it does link into um, in, 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 into some of the things. The, the fact that he was still on Mishkondorea's payroll. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of... Um things that individually you could put down to sort of carelessness or hadn't really thought of that but in the space of a, a few years since he's decided to run for leader or uh, really mount up um the other one that i remember quite well was um when he was running for leader uh, when the, the three leadership campaigns were going on with, with him long bailey and nandy and uh, a lot of people particularly on the left were, were saying understandably like candidates need to declare who's funding them, any financial support they're getting. Um, mm. 
and by the book, by the rules, the way the timing of the of the con the conduct uh, the the contest rather went, there were essentially like two deadlines. So any uh, received by a certain date had to be declared by date one, and any received after that would would then be declared at this later date. Um, and the first half of uh, um, funding de- declared by by Starmer was was broadly on the up and up. You know, there were there was some on there from like single donors and so on. Um, but it wasn't like this guy's really dodgy. It was fairly typical for a political campaign. And of course, immediately the second those come out, even though a lot of the people doing so would have known there was more to come. Um, we're immediately doing ah the crank scene off. Look, this has all come out and it's perfectly normal. They were just like stirring for for the sake of it. And then of course, like a month later or whatever it was, then the next set come out, and that's the ones where he put a lot of his biggest donations, where he put in like the gambling lob- lobby fund funding that he had and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, well, speaking but of which, Matt Zarb's cousin, one of the right fiercest there. opponents of the gambling lobby in this country, mm-hmm. when he was on our show. He, he said, and obviously he worked for Rebecca Long Bailey uh, on her campaign, but he said that Keir Starmer had one of the most well-funded political campaigns in the history of the Labour Party. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you, if you really want to say it, I mean, the People's Vote got like 58 million, and really that was that was the seed for, for his... Uh, for his eventual rise. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that fucks me off about like that toss of Femi and stuff. It's just like, you would not exist if you were not in some way serving the interests of capital. You'd just be like some fucking nobody like on the left, like, like you know, any of us. Like, you, you would not like be able to like make your living just going out there doing these ridiculous stunts and all this shit if there wasn't a steady stream of money pouring in. Like, look at actual left-wing campaigning groups. They don't just spring up overnight as a professional operation. You know, uh, a, a Labour Party <laughs> run by the left was barely a professional operation as I, I'm sure we'll get into but um, yeah just like absolutely fuck all this like uh, th- this well funded pseudo progressive politics they had six yeah. they had like 65 members of staff uh, and as far as I could tell the most they ever did was organize a few large events in London which the referendum uh, was was radical <laughs> There, there were yeah, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of there was a lot of shit to clean up after that, I guess. So. Not from the thing not, is, not from the docks by the, though. By the time Starmer was in, they didn't really give a shit about having a, a second referendum anymore. After all that, yeah, uh, yeah, it's almost as well as if a lot of the people putting the, the money into um, group campaign groups such as that were more about the effect it would have on politics for them to be making that much noise rather than what that noise could achieve on face value. Mm. Well, that well that sounds like a conspiracy to me. <laughs> Let's get Dunn and Linsky on this. Well, I, I once had Patrick Hennigan pop up in my DMs advancing pretty almost exactly that on the basis that he thought I could he could get me to stop subtweeting him or just openly calling him a gun <laughs> if if he framed it as like yeah, well, I was the good side of the people's vote and not, like, the bad side with Alistair Campbell. Bet you hate him, don't you? <laughs> right. 
That's pre- that's pretty amazing. I can hate I can hate two people as well. I'm confused <laughs> by the people's vote factions because I've heard variously that Alistair Campbell was part of the kind of loyal to Labour faction. But I guess maybe there was a faction within a faction. And Patrick, you know, like the Blairites and Brownites, these fucking indistinguishable people all hate each other. Um, I'm I'm gonna say that I'm, I don't necessarily think Patrick Hennigan is the most reliable source I've ever had for for anything I've said on this podcast. I I, I don't think Patrick Hennigan is a reliable narrator for his own life, let alone for sort of the external well, he, lives of others. He exclusively, he explicitly isn't because the wider context of this was like, and the women would lie in about me as well. <laughs> oh right, uh, the old Nick Cohen defence. <laughs> I'm sure we'll keep alluding to that throughout this. But um, <laughs> did he get a big payout from the Labour Party when Starmer came in, Hennigan? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't he, think Hennigan was part he, he of it, got, no. He got briefly suspended, didn't he? But it was quite brief and, and under the carpet, I think. Yeah. Well, no, I, 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 don't, think... I, I don't think they were too explicit about exactly who was suspended uh, in terms of leaking it to the press, apart from Emily Oldner. Oh, over the leaked but, report. Um, my, yeah, my, my understanding I, is... I think, I think he was suspended for a bit, and then they were mostly let in at some point during 2021. Well, no, I, I actually think that... that, that pe- Hen- of quite a few, I think like eight or ten of them, maybe a dozen at most, were actually suspended. And okay. I think, I, and and Hennigan specifically was the one guy who wasn't allowed back in for a time. Oh like, God, I hope that's true. Well, they, not, they made a point because they've probably let about ten bastards back in. But like, if it has to be only one that they kick out, that's very very funny. <laughs> well, well, so some people have about you know, there's a few theories on this. One is mine that it was like that just sort of tells you. That that is the that everything said about him and in the alleged uh, sexual impropriety in the people's vote is true. The other theory was he was the guy who who fucked up and sent the WhatsApp chat to everybody. So that's punishment for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he got the rest of them in trouble. So yeah, yeah, that that, 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 would, right. that would make sense if true. Yeah, yeah here we here we go. I've got, I've got the I've got the story from 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 the 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 Keir mouth itself. Oh, oh uh, right. No, I, uh, yeah, the, the most reliable source there is always rated them. Uh, uh, February twenty, uh, February the second, twenty twenty one. Uh, Labour reinstates ex official suspended over leaks dossier. Uh, subhead, but Patrick Hennigan, who was accused of rid- ridiculing Diane Abbott in WhatsApp messages, had not been let back in. So, oh, have they let him back in now? Uh, I don't. To my knowledge, they haven't, and I think this this was. Interesting because a lot of people confused him with his father, Paddy Hennigan, who I think is a yes, CLP. Yes, he's head. like a right right wing CLP leader somewhere else. So every time he pops up in like the background of a story, uh, everyone's like, "Surely not? <laughs> they, have they let this guy back in?" Yeah, he's just no, got all, his, all da- his mentions. It's his dad. Would just be oh, like, right. yeah, you that, threw the twenty seventeen election, you bastard! <laughs> and he's like, "I did, but on a much smaller scale." Yeah. <laughs> I'm a different bastard, P. Hennigan. <laughs> yeah, that's, you're thinking of my son, who is also a bastard. I really should have named him something different on well, reflection. Thank God the line's likely to die out with that next generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're doing Game of Thrones shit here. We've we've ex- <laughs> we've, ex- we've extinguished the Hennigan line. It's going to pass over to like uh, House Acurst is going to take over all their holdings. He's extinguished. He's extinguished himself by just like, not being able to behave around women. Yeah, I mean, we can pro- we'll probably get onto that as well. Allegedly, um, right, Pete. Uh, 
this, from from all that has been reported, it would seem that a lot of women perceive that he has not behaved themselves, and uh, I believe this podcast believes women, so... Yeah, yeah, this is a woman-respecting podcast. So I, I, I think it's safe to say that those allegations, whilst allegations, you're believing women, which is a respectful they are, they're, thing They're credible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Three just, people are making to, very similar allegations about him in a short time. To cite yeah. another example, yeah. like Nick Cohen, for example. <laughs> yeah. Lots of yeah, one of one of the most notorious offenders in that area. Look, I don't believe personally that all those women got together and conspired. Uh, I guess out of like political reasons or whatever to uh, make false accusations against Nick Cohen and sabotage his career. You know, maybe because he's such a brave defender of women over you know the the. Uh, <laughs> the the evil that trans people are doing by existing. So like every every woman in journalism under the age of about thirty eight is is actually a secret agent of of Putin. It's in the WhatsApp. They're like, who do we get today, girls? Uh, how about Cohen? That guy. He's pure. He's <laughs> this this totally innocent man. We could tarnish his name just for fun. Like <laughs> this 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 wayfish. Yeah. Uh, you know <laughs> this 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 this. Uh, ingenue nick cohen who's never who you know never hurt a fly just just for enjoying a single drink of a friday night <laughs> a single just, grope yeah. on a friday night yeah i i mean you know I, I i've heard a few stories allegedly about nick cohen that i i wouldn't repeat at all but suffice it to say the the man he's got a very sort of hands-on approach to how he uh, uh, deals with female colleagues. Yeah, well, thank God for the courageous work of Jolly and Morgan QC. Is it Jolly and Morgan? Morn, whatever. Mo- yeah, right, he's your I was, mate. I always well, thought it was like Morm. Yeah, well, I he, thought it was yeah, He's your best friend, so you <laughs> would know, so... wouldn't you? Oh shit, he follows you, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I've corresponded with him. Um, your close personal friends, Jolly and Morn yeah. QC. It's, uh, he, he literally he unblocked me to like a joke about the Fox incident that Matasav cousin DM'd him, as I understand it. You've got to laugh. Like, what can you do? But, You've got... Yeah, but we have, yeah, uh, made that uh, a constructive friendship. Um, yeah, I, you either learn to yeah, laugh around, mu- around mutual enemies. You which wake is up in cold sweats in the middle of the night <laughs> that Fox's face irreparably etched in your memory yeah. to which i say uh, you shouldn't then put its head over your mantelpiece if you don't want it to, uh, to be in your mind well my, well, my understanding is he, he wore it like the uh, the wolf thing in um in the northman uh, <laughs> before going into court to accuse, to, to accuse nick cohen of yeah. yeah sorry pete we don't we don't have uh, fascists on our show like uh, i hear you've watched that alt-right film the north man so i'm gonna have to kick you off the call right now it's fine i only came on here to infect uh, the podcast with with uh, that that subtle um... your your vague vikernis Vic- style uh, far right nordic politics <laughs> oh man 
God, I, I'd love to uh, talk about Varg. He's so he's so funny. But this isn't what we're doing. This no, is, no, no, no. A much worse man than than Varg, I'd say. Even even Varg, who uh, lest you forget is a convicted murderer as well as a fascist. Um, we're talking about somebody who probably, probably may, in his capacity as a public prosecutor sent a few people down who shouldn't have been sent down uh we're talking of course about jeremy corbyn yeah uh, no yeah, way that, well that's the way that he prosecutes uh people within his party you know which is you know i guess maybe you can see some link there with his attitude to the law in general but uh <laughs> was, was part of the problem um in his in his previous career not so much that he wasn't <laughs> prosecuting people who very much should have been prosecuted, you know the, the buck stops with him. He's, yeah. he's at the top. He's responsible. Yeah, that's absolutely absolutely true. I knew I knew exactly where you were going with that, and it's a, it's a very fine point. Um, yes, yeah. he should he should have spent less time focusing on people who stole bottles of water, more time focusing on prosecuting, you know, uh, prosecuting people <laughs> who took licks of ice cream. Which, in fact, he did do that as well. So this is a completely uh, defamatory thing, and I advise you to uh, stop uh, saying that Keir Starmer failed to prosecute one of the most evil men on earth. Himself. That guy who. That, no, no, that that guy, that guy, that guy who took a lick of ice cream and then got deported to Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, you know, of course, I got a little confused there because, lest we forget, Starmer is uh, a a soulless man, a charmless man. An evil man. Uh, yeah, no. Um, a John man. <laughs> oh, okay, let's not go. Let's not go too far. That, that, that's a bit much. He's he's many. He's no John man. John man is effectively in control of Labour's disciplinary processes now. It's, uh, John it's man's law. John man. John man, completely unrelated to the the previous discussion. Obviously, boasted about having a a big dossier on on high profile paedophiles that he then very publicly did nothing with. <laughs> To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, he never independent he, of everything either side of this on the podcast. I, I don't think he said paedophiles. I think he just said sex offenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be, that would be so. That would In be mad if John Mann was just sitting on a paedophile conspiracy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I also believe <laughs> they don't meet at a pe- the, uh, pizza place. They meet at fucking twenty. <laughs> No, that is a pizza place. <laughs> they meet at a different artisanal pizza joint to the US equivalent. They 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 meet at like a that that fish and chip shop that that one American lady boasted about a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> don't remember that. I don't pay attention to Americans. Do you... Sorry. <laughs> Do you reckon they're starting doing like fish and chip shops and the same business model as American candy shops now and then then they. Once in a blue moon, an American will go into them and actually buy some shit there. As you were saying that, uh, a light bulb popped into my head, and, and the answer is yeah. It, that that makes a lot of sense now, actually. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Because you know the the locals would already assume like, oh, it's a bit of a tourist trap. I won't go there. I won't pay too much attention to it. So. Yeah. yeah worst 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 comes to the worst, we have to, you know, uh, serve some idiot, and they'll post a stupid picture on the internet. Yeah, anyone can do bad fish and chips. And also, that's a, that's a convenient, yeah, that's a convenient alibi as well because, like, uh, I think you'll find that an American ate our fish and chips, which proves that we're not a money laundering yeah. operation. <laughs> so, if anything, what I'll say is to your listeners: 
don't do this very good idea for a money laundering operation if you have money money to launder. Yeah, because I'm going to do it. Crime pays. Everyone's at it. <coughs> Keir Starmer, according to the Parliamentary Standards Commission, is that crimes? Is he doing crimes? Does it count as crime? Um, does it does it count as a crime? Uh, morally. Again, morally, <laughs> yes. He is a moral criminal. He is a, 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 I, I view him as a political criminal. Uh, what I would say, and, and this 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 is a phrase which I, I pulled straight from the Ford report. It's like, it, yes. it is a bre- it is a breach of natural justice. Business. It's a breach of what? Natural justice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Should we talk talk about the Ford report then? I feel like we should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get down to business because yeah, we haven't properly covered this on the show yet. Uh, I did I did Sinan's stream and we put that out um after the fact on our our stream on our feed so um so you like uh, Tim on on cinema moment there for a second I'm just like uh, 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 starring uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> uh, so I, I wasn't able to watch that unfortunately but I I gather you were very composed measured and. Uh... <laughs> That's my understanding of your, of your uh, yeah, appearance. Yeah, hitting my my vape that uh, that Doctor San hooked me up with. But yeah, where 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 was I going with that fucking shit? Anyway, I've like lost my train of thought now. <laughs> so I've got a bit of a headache. Um, so I just yeah, I'm hoping we can get into this shit so I can hand off a bit of the responsibility. Um, <laughs> We're just starting to come onto the the Ford report. Yeah, whatever. What was that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we we yeah we we covered it a bit on 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 that stream or whatever I did. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to get Greit on that, but he 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 had better things to do inexplicably. Um, and so so you know, whilst I was deeply personally offended by that, um, we decided we'd get together with our good friend Pete, aka Bane. I can call you Pete, right? Yeah, no, I, I it, it, yeah, of course you can. Would you That's, prefer ba- Bane? Just whatever. Call me Pete Bane, alter- yeah. alternatingly. Well, it is my name. Cataji's already doxed you, hasn't he? So. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and we, we we know for a fact that neither he nor any of the other psychopaths online ever can stomach more than about five minutes of a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're far enough into this episode that you could probably give out your. Uh, your national insurance number, bank details, and so on, and you'd only be scammed by fellow leftists. So that's nice. Well, that's cool. I, I, I'll, I don't remember them right now, but you can put them in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So anyway, we've got we got Pete slash Bane on here. Obviously, where Oz goes, I leave. So I'm just just uh, I, I, so <laughs> where 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 Oz leads, I follow. So I'm just trying to perpetuate yeah. the docs. Um, he, he he didn't invite us on to Corbyn a post mortem, so he's not welcome here. Yeah, quite well, frankly. I mean the most left wing voice in that is Paul Mason, I think. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so the Ford report was obviously a big deal though, and it relates to a lot of the stuff we've been discussing on the show for like ever. So yeah. you know, it's probably going to touch on even some of the same shit that we did when Pete last came on the show uh, allegedly five years ago. So. Um, yeah, I, I I was just wondering what you guys think would be a good place to start with the Ford report. Like, where would you where would you begin getting into it? Should we start with like an just an overall sort of summary of where it was at? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I've, 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 yeah. The Ford report was was obviously commissioned um, over two years ago. Um, There was the the leaked report first, which uh, exposed the WhatsApp messages in particular of various Labour staffers being abusive, uh, indicating they were working against the party when when Corbyn was in charge and so on, and uh, running uh, various extremely dodgy uh, election and election funding strategies. Um, And there was quite a lot of racism in it as well, uh, which is probably what got it. The inquiry into it started so quickly, it couldn't just be ignored. Um, So this has been expected for well over two years. It was due to come out long, long before it did, and partially because of that and some uh, sort of succession of short notice delays to it, um, plus just everything else that's happened in the Labour Party in that time, I think basically everyone on the left was expecting it to be like the whitewash to end all whitewashes, and just to to bend over backwards to well, basically to devote about ninety percent of its running time to. Uh, trying to identify who leaked it and, and what their punishment should be. Um, but it, it wasn't that. Uh, it's not... Ni- neither is it um, a great report that, that fully holds the, the right of the party to account. But what it what it does highlight, basically... Uh, again, I think the press were expecting to, to be able to use it as a stick to, to beat the left with. They, they did anyway, but... Um, but not as much as you'd expect. It, no, it makes some very, very strong and very clear criticisms of uh, the, the the people in the the leaked report um, on the Labour right, and basically putting it down to factionalism as well. Therefore, implicitly, uh, not looking good for a lot of people on that right faction, uh, including some groups uh, that have been basically above criticism. Um, for for the last few years, um, however, it also does a kind of both sides are at fault thing. Um, you know, it's probably quite fair that it says that uh, Corbyn's office was was very un uh, sort of disorganised and, and and at times very dysfunctional, but it kind of presents that as like equal to, yeah, <laughs> these people were being racist as hell and running a an ex- you know diverting funding uh, you know, and, and sort of hiding it from the rest of the party. Yeah, it's certainly not um, a moral failing to have yeah. a disorganised office. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like um, sort of quite high-level corruption mixed with mild incompetence <laughs> weighed up as equal with mild incompetence. Well, you've you know? touched on something um, interesting there, which is that the report does take this very both-sidist stance and <clears> concludes <throat> ultimately that both the left and right I should note that when Rachel Weirmouth said this on the New Statesman podcast she said the left and like as if everything inside her was dying she left this big pause and then obviously couldn't think what else to say and was just <laughs> like right <laughs> the left and right both weaponized the issue of anti-semitism for factional ends and again this was repeated by Weirmouth and the other people on the New Statesman podcast without ever explaining this and so I had to go to the Owen Jones podcast again don't want to hype up our uh, our um, opponents our rivals who we're totally on the same level <coughs> as. just just uh, podcasting opponents yeah. I believe you know um I mean, not 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 opponents politically 
on that much but um rachel shabby appeared on that after alex nuns and she actually gave quite a um you know she actually elucidated uh more clearly than really anyone on the right um as to what was meant by that um although i still it still is a conclusion that i disagree with which is that um the labor right were weaponizing anti-semitism by using it as a kind of political bludgeon against um or a political cudgel to bludgeon the left um and jeremy corbyn's leadership whereas the left were weaponizing anti-semitism through quote-unquote denialism um through effectively denying the claims that the right were making um my issue with this is that the the, the definition of uh, denialism has been stretched so far and wide that t- now pretty much being on the left in britain requires a certain <laughs> a certain level yeah. of denying uh that, yeah. that the issue was as it was painted by uh the media and by our political opponents within the party uh, but I think it's striking that even with this kind of both sidist framing that we, we'll um, return to shortly, I'm sure, more hay hasn't been made out of this by the media. And I think it's because the substance is just not there in the report to uh, validate their claims that they've made about the left. I, I think on, on that particular uh, aspect, I, 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 I they both sides definitely viewed anti-Semitism as a weapon. Uh, the difference being the right were holding the gun and the left were trying to uh, run away from the bullets. And, you know, but that the weapon is anti-Semitism that the right are saying, uh, the right are pointing at the left and the left are saying, you're pointing a gun at me, this is ridiculous. So in that, in that pure sense, that analogy, yes, that, that is weaponizing the issue, but... And I, I think the the idea that that sh- that the left should never have defended itself in any way uh, was very mainstream for a while, and and more people have gotten onto the side that will actually know that's a silly way of approaching the issue. Yeah, uh, I almost felt listening to that podcast like I was back in twenty eighteen or something. <coughs> you know, like. Uh, Owen and Rachel started the discussion with the obligatory, well, it was a very, very serious issue, and of course the Labour leaked report acknowledges this, and blah, 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 and it's like, you know, of course, of course it, it, it like, it, it became a very serious issue, that much is evident, but, um, you know, you don't, you, we we don't need to kind of keep reaffirming that kind of deceptive framing of the whole thing i think yeah and i i think uh, something that a lot of people fall into the trap of is doing like a two minute preamble about the whole thing which covers off saying of course it was this it was this it was that it was that was like well that's that's part of the canon right now yeah in, in fact it, it's beyond the canon it, it's it, it is the media sense that there was an anti-semitism crisis in labor uh, throughout the entire period, which began on in September 2015 and ended um, in April 2020. Was that right? God, yeah, that's when he took power. Um, mm. But there's still problems. There's still lingering problems. And weirdly, those problems only come up uh, when, when when certain parties decide that, you know, 
Starmer needs a bit of a beating um, and, and, and needs to fall in line. And I, I guess in terms of the Ford report particularly, what they what what it what it shows is sorry I've got I've highlighted it so much I need to go back is. Uh, and, and sorry if I've broken your structure here. No, that's uh, fine. But... We don't have a structure. Oh, wonderful. We go free for um, man. It's fucking jazz. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so I, I was going over it again today. Um, I've been over it three times, once generally and twice in slightly more detail. But my favorite passage of this uh, regarding the leaked report is, is uh, I, I've not seen it much discussed. It's, um, it's this one. It's like, Regar- uh, to quote, regardless of its actuary, a- accuracy, which is discussed below, the leak report is an arguably a slanted document, a factional document. Uh, it represents another front in the factional warfare which it describes, and by its nature added nothing to the supposed kindness in politics that the party purports to be moving Fucking towards. Fucking hell, man. I didn't realise there was an actual so much of the kind of gentle politics in there. Yep, that's, that's, that's wonderful, and... I, I, I'm just amazed. I mean, I can see why people more haven't picked up on it, but that kind of sets the tone. Yeah. Um, because what Ford does in this is he lays out a lot of things and he, he then sort of allows himself to be interrogated uh, as though he were a witness be, being cross-examined because he'll say something like, um, and, and this is the, the, the classic... The classic one is where he's like, um, oh, uh, there, there's no indication that there wasn't a, uh, a rival, you know, Seamus Mill and WhatsApp chat. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you, you have no evidence for that speculation. Yeah. But it, it sounds like somebody before, feels... We're all against yeah. group chats on the left. I'm sort of opposed to any kind of collective yeah. action, really. I just prefer not to associate with other people, let alone coordinate them. Um, so, yeah, those of us on, on the hard left would never, ever be caught near a group DM. And, of course, I'm being facetious, but your point is accurate. Like, yeah. sorry, Martin, but you needed to dig further and find it if you're going to make that it's, point. It's one of the few bits where it just feels like, the, the, oh, this looks really bad for the right faction. I need to insert a little bit of balance here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's some of them you sort of reached a little bit, and then there's ones like that where it's just like, uh, there, there might be something directly equivalent to this uh, on their side that we've not found. Therefore, I- both sides should have a good long think about what they've done. <laughs> And and, 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 there's, and there's a lot of instances of that, but, but yeah. it, it it really just seems like if you were in a courtroom drama, it's something you would get like the the def, the, the police to admit. It'd be like, oh yeah, I guess there may have been something like this, and then that would be the big uh, stinger before the, the courtroom <laughs> drama ad break. And I, I I did a little search uh, because I, I was very interested in in how in, in what is covered in this report and. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a rundown. Uh, factionalism or, or iterations thereof, 158 um, instances. Um, racism, 62 in the report. So w- what we have here is a report where factionalism is the original sin. That is incredibly telling of where Martin Ford QC is coming from. Yeah, and, and, and as I was saying, so you you got factionalism, 158 words, like that is... And he's never mentioning it in a positive light. And racism, 62, I assume and hope he's never mentioning that in a positive light. And, and, and so what he does, it's a very interesting trick. He says, 
well, this was factional, that was factional. Um, and then and then he sort of extrapolates the bad things, like the actual, uh, the, the, the substance of the bad things that were happening. And then he says, well, look, it was all factional and this increased mistrust between the two sides. So who's to say? It's kind of like if, if you're at school and, uh, you know, your bully came up and beat seven shades of shit out of you and you like, threw some mud in his face and you'd both get the same amount of detention for it yeah it, yeah his mates are just like oh well he was provoked yeah and the teacher's like well i don't i don't i, don't, I can't be bothered to sort this out yeah you, you guys yeah you, you both you both got into a fight and fighting is against the rules yeah, yeah. therefore therefore you both have three days detention where to begin and i i, I think if we if we're going to start on factionalism the interesting observation he makes is uh, well, there's there's one wonderful passage where he says, uh, Jeremy Corbyn was, of course, not the first leader to win uh, the position of leader from the left. Harold Wilson, Michael Foote, Neil Kinnock, and Ed Miliband also did so. <laughs> uh, he does clarify after that, doesn't he? That, that okay, they yeah, were on he... a different left, a less left-wing left. So, I mean, yeah, kind of, kind yeah, of he a says silly tri- point, tribute. really. You have to go back to Lansbury for some kind of precedent for Corbyn, um, who, by the way, Paul Mason is currently doing a kind of Tides of History deep dive on why he was such a cunt and uh, uh, anti-Semitic Bevan, what's he called? Uh, Ernest Bevan was right to fucking destroy him at the TUC conference. Yeah, well, you know, uh, well, you know a name that, that isn't mentioned in this report? Paul Mason. And he's the most important part of the whole party. So. <laughs> Just the forces of Putin at work again, conspiring well, to write this great man out of history. Ma- Martin Ford, uh, you're on notice. Um, but 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 to, to then, uh, in that same section, um, he notes that factional opposition to the leader in the period... Uh, reached new heights um, because of unprecedented opposition within the PLP and an escalation of conflict within the NEC. And he ends the sentence saying, this was a new type of conflict, however, it's in which each faction had in its hands at least some power of the party's operational um, levers. Fucking, so, what a load of bullshit. Well, well, well... well it's a bull. It's bullshit, but it's also telling on two levels yeah, because it's interesting in what it acknowledges about recent Labour past before Corbyn. Yeah, because it it means that the the, the genuine affront that uh, HQ felt was simply that uh, the left were having any power whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess well, that's true. The left were in a sig- significantly more of a position of power than they had been at any point in the past, really. Um, I guess what what I objected to in that was, uh, you know, when you've got the party machinery and the parliamentary Labour Party, that really, um, in a party that is not truly democratic, as the Labour Party is not, it leaves it extraordinarily skewed against the power base of the leader, which is in the grassroots and and this one this one office that is uh, of the leader's office that is constantly thwarted by HQ and the parliamentary party. Oh yeah, and and, and to be fair to Ford, he does acknowledge he does kind of acknowledge that he touches on it in his sort of overall narrative. He says uh, that by 2015, the majority of the party's senior staff did not see their roles as requiring perfect neutrality or even the appearance of it. Uh, the practice 
was to, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, hire Blairites. And yeah. that was fine. Um, uh, but, but, sorry, sorry, Jack. Oh, no, no. Do you want to finish your point? Oh, no, that was my point. I, I, I was just <laughs> well, speaking of hiring Blairites, uh, something that struck me as a bit off about Rachel Wearmouth's analysis when I was listening to the New Statesman podcast earlier um, was that, you know, she talked a bit about, and, and frankly, actually, she was more equivocal about whether or not um, the Ergen House scheme, the kind of the scam where the Labour right, uh, apparently, apparently not a legal scam where the Labour right funneled members and unions money into protecting their factional allies uh, in basically what was already safe seats. Um, you know, they, they talk about, oh, well, could it have affected the election? Could it have been decisive in some way? Um, the main... Um, I think the main way in which winning the extra seats that could have been won were Labour to have taken a more offensive campaign uh, could have affected the result of the election is were the Tories not able to cobble together the kind of flimsy majority they, they did. There may have been a much sooner call for another election, which I'm fairly certain Labour would have won at that point after the, the 2017 election. Um, but, you know, they, they kind of get you know, do that kind of speculation, get all academic about this, what's going to, you know, could could that money allocated elsewhere have tipped the scales of the election for Labour? That's one point about that issue. The other point is why was it all going to these fucking right-wing MPs? Like, that's surely a, a, a major thing that shows that this was, uh, this was something underhand. This was something deeply factional, as Martin QC would say. And Martin Ford, Martin QC, Martin Ford QC, Martin QC Ford. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Ford QC. Matt Ford um. QC, yeah, this is way funnier than any of his other comedy shit, you know. Uh, but, like, doesn't he conclude, ultimately, that though it was not illegal, uh, it was wrong? And he and that was a deeply factional thing to do, which obviously for him is the worst thing that you can do. Yeah, but the thing is, he like I say, factional is factional, and and it's the ultimate sin, but it's the original sin. So we are all guilty. You, you and I, we're all guilty of factionalism. Yeah, that, that's and so we should all have come together. We should have all just been friends. That that's that's Martin Ford's kind of. He just sort of shakes his head and say, "Oh, it's it's just a." It's just a real shame. We could have. We sh everyone should have been been friends there, man. And that kind um, of brings up the the issue of like the profound ideological differences that were at stake in this. I mean, I I made the point the other day that you know it was inspired by seeing David Aronovich's latest article slating Starmer and saying, "Oh, he's an uninspiring leader. He can't win." And you know, you 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 think about what kind of thing would inspire David Aronovich, and it's just like Jesus fucking Christ, man! Is the Labour Party under Keir Starmer not fucking right wing Blairite Atlanticist pro? business or is shit for you is it really not like it seems extremely in that direction for us but i guess you know times columnist mindset is just kind of like oh they're still like uh you know capitulating to the transes and thus they're on the hard left or whatever you know that's kind of that's what goes on in in in, in their fucking glistening mind palaces like uh but i, I was inspired by seeing that and just thinking yeah you know it would not be possible for there to be a politician who was good 
and won the approval of these people. These two things are mutually exclusive. <coughs> like, you know, the issue about, you know, Jeremy Corbyn being anti-Semitic uh, or whatever is that if you subscribe to a certain politics, then, uh, you know, yeah, you, you can't have somebody who is who has defended the human rights of Palestinians as much as Jeremy Corbyn has, who will not be considered anti-Semitic. You, you can't buy, buy the people yeah. who considered him it for the reasons that they consider him it. You simply can't have somebody uh, with consistent politics like that who, who won't be criticised in this way. And so, like, factionalism is not just a case of, like, oh, why, why can't we all get along? Um, you know, there's pretty good reasons why some of us can't get along. You know, uh, someone like Luke Akers thinks that we all want to bring down Western civilization. Well, I mean... I mean, okay, okay. I, 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 I would never he likes Western civilization, okay? Oh, right, right, right. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, his his version of Western civilization. I mean, well, I yeah, it doesn't seem very civilized to me. It's like Western barbarism. <laughs> well, and, and and to expand on that, there, there are a lot of people who think that they can kind of uh, be like, oh well, I'm the anti-imperialist left, but I'm good actually. I, I'm not like one of these embarrassing old guys. The pick me uh, left. I, the pick me left. Yeah. Um, it's like oh, it's like oh, oh, and, and and this doesn't even this used to include Paul Mason, but he's just gone off the reservation. He's the fucking uh, slim pickings left. He's he is he, now a, a, an armchair general liberal. The, the yeah the 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 fucking general of the hundred first chair bomb. Uh, <laughs> and you know, and th- this is this is a message to the soft left. Uh, the, the the Neil Kinnock. Here's my if message you... to the soft left, like extremely the... Clint Eastwood voice. Shut up, pussies. Shut up, pussies. But also, they're coming for you. And you, you can't. You, yeah. you you won't be able to have this nuanced position. Yeah, uh, and because... I'm black. You fucking clown. And and, and and any of them, the 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 the, the soccer view. <laughs> I don't mean the not, political magazine. Not the I, Socialist I, I, Review. They are not called the Socialist Review. Something happened in the editorial meetings where the ist uh, d- disappeared into the ether. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 in that sense, like you, you can't have a nuanced position on this because all you need to do is look across the fucking Atlantic Ocean at what APAC is doing in terms of how how they ostensibly are aligned with the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party will bend the knee to them every time. But they're also just going out there and just kneecapping any Democrat who doesn't toe the line on this. Mm. It's and this isn't to say it's a giant conspiracy because it's not a it's not a conspiracy. It's out there up in the open. They openly admit that that is what they're doing. And on a and, much smaller scale, uh, Luke Akehurst's job is openly uh, director of We Believe in Israel, the U- UK subsidiary of Bicom. Which, which uh, is uh, uh, Akehurst is very relevant here, actually. When you when you're talking about look, they'll come for the soft left eventually. In that Akehurst is very open about. He will find the most left faction in Labour, no matter how not particularly left they are, and gun for them full bore. His old blog is one of the most fascinating political documents on the internet because it includes extended rants about how uh, people such as Chukaramuna 
and John Harris <laughs> are simply too radical, too far left to be allowed in the Labour Party uh, how, how, to, how, to, to organise in it. How Harold Wilson? Sorry, how Harold Wilson was a massive Stalinist pussy. For you know, you can yeah. be both for uh, not invading Vietnam. <laughs> I, yeah, we're not exaggerating here either, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, but this is... <laughs> so maybe there was something to uh, Martin Ford QC saying that Harold Wilson won from the left. If you have Aker's brain, uh, <laughs> about as left-wing as they come, you know. Well, 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 I believe that Ford goes on to praise uh, Labour to win as sort of the yeah. new non-factional way forward, so... That's mad. I think we found the, the sort of what the ideological centre is, and it's... Uh, it, it, it's it's a guy who thinks that um, uh, the the Yemen war is good because I don't know it'll piss off Iran for a while because some of Bicom's partners can uh, make a pretty bit of coin off it allegedly, allegedly. maybe or, or 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 alternatively probably <laughs> uh, but 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 to return back to um, what we were talking about in terms of uh, you know oh th- these guys were just uh, stalwarts uh, you know. The fucking Praetorian Guard of all of old Labour values, uh, and that that's clearly not the case. And Martin Ford that himself doesn't even accept that it's the case, and 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 this really comes to a head uh, in his report, and and also sort of in the actual history of things uh, regarding the um, the validation exercises, which uh, to 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 cap those off, it was when a lot of people were joining the Labour Party. Uh, in 2015, 2016, and yeah. um, and everyone was like, "Oh, uh, these are both trots and Tories joining the Labour Party. This is an infiltration mechanism from the from the four thousand maximum AWL members who, I mean, yeah, and 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 you know, thousands of Tories who read Toby Jones's fucking shit. No, not Toby Jones. What's his name? Toby, to- to- no, Toby not Toby Jones. Not the actor Toby Jones. Not uh, you know, um. Uh, yeah, Toby Young, that be- that poor Bellend yeah. who's kind of disappeared from view in recent years. Like I don't know what he's up to. I think he got sacked from everything. Um, he kind of has. Yeah. I feel like he might have been soft cancelled. Yeah, no, he's he, he's the. I think he's actually um, taken the the free speech union seriously <laughs> because I've spotted them pop up in a few. Uh, news stories recently they're actually like fighting cases for uh, sort of minor league gamuts around Britain (laughs) so I think he might actually have committed to the the most ridiculous job he's ever had out of all the ridiculous jobs he's had you know what Uh, fair play yeah, uh, but but anyway, that guy was big on like Tories should join Labour, uh, join Labour to destroy Labour by electing Corbyn leader, and like I- I'm pretty sure it's been thoroughly disproved that any significant number of Tories did join Labour. Well, yes, I'm I'm gonna rock your world here, uh, Jack, because one of the staff, uh, the HQ staff, I assume, said. Uh, one of the learnings from 2015 was that some sort of system was required to make sure that there were not 
Hundreds of thousands of Tories joining the Labour Party. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands, like all the people who voted for Corbyn were Tories. For it to what? be hundreds of thousands, you'd have to be talking at the time like something like sixty percent of all Tory members <laughs> joined I, in the, the Labour Party. The Labour Party's I, membership just, no, no. Just inherited the entire Tory Party membership overnight. <laughs> I, I think I, I think you'd have to be talking like a hundred percent and maybe over a hundred. Yeah, there's like a hundred like, people every, in the Tory Party. <laughs> I, so, so somebody's so membership in 2022 is 160,000 according to right. estimates. Hundreds of thousands implies that has got that has crept up a bit in recent years. It has crept um, up a bit. I, I think it was at its kind of lowest in 2015 because this is remember this is when uh, UKIP and um, yes, of course, yeah, they yeah. didn't have a lot Boris of people standing up to the deep state. Yeah. Hmm. Because I, 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 my, my Tory relatives had left the party specifically um, in 2015 because of various aspects of it to sort of support um, UKIP and the like. So, so the, the prospect here is that there's some guy who, who, who is apparently saying sincerely that hundreds of thousands of Tories are about to join Labour, which is insane. It, it is absolutely an insane thing to think. And if you found a friend who thought that you should slap them or, you know, if they're of a, a, a lower constitution, just have a nice talking to them. What Ford eventually finds is this. 230 applicants in, uh, as of uh, the 21st of August, 2015, 230 applicants had been refused a ballot. Some of them were Green and some of them were Conservative Party members. So that's not hundreds... Of, so... Of all that they could manage, they got 238 people. And you still get people today who said that, oh, legions upon legions of Tories joined to vote for Jeremy Corbyn. But based on nothing, of course. And yeah. uh, uh, But that's not saying... Of those 238, that like uh, he doesn't give figures, which is annoying, but he says others were wholly inadequate. For example, uh, retweeting the Green Party... Uh, submits images to to SWP protests. Well, you know, I mean, maybe we can differ on that one. Uh, Green Party li likes on fake on Facebook of Green Party and um, uh, and retweeted class war and quote likes a lot of Greens on Facebook. So basically, <laughs> it, most of them seem to be Green Green Party members, and I would be very interested to see that that breakdown of. Those percentages. That kind of checks out, though, because uh, you know the kind of person who was in the Green Party in 2015, a lot of them thought that it, oh, well, it's the left-wing party, and then Labour became kind of left-wing for a while, and they, you know, didn't have any use for the Greens anymore, which I understand well, is changing now. Well, 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 I've heard, well, I've heard a lot of people say that, um, uh, you know. Jeremy Corbyn actually ruined a lot of the the left wing energy that was existing in in, in the country, and uh, I agree. That, you know, the Green Party was just poised to uh, yeah. to rally a bunch of anarchist uh, book groups into a full revolution. Sadly, Corbyn ca Corbyn came along as a stooge of the state and, and ruined all of that. Uh, we'll ne we'll never see the history of the twenty seventeen uh, fucking Brixton book riot. <laughs> to to sort of carry on to the end of the, the, the validation exercise, which, as we were saying, uh, one thing they note is that in 2016, it becomes a lot more professionalised. Mm. So you have a, docu a, a set document um, 
uh, which is which is telling for the which is telling you the vetting process uh, in in June 2016. I don't know what was happening in June 2016. I don't know if there were any interesting events happening vis-a-vis the Labour Party, its structures, or you know why or why not members should be excluded. I think I think it would be factional to talk about that. Yeah, and, and you know the last thing I want to be is factional. Yeah, I don't want to be factional. That that's a sin. Yeah, one, I have one, never factional in my life. The the one the one tidbit of this is uh, there was a suggestion that in order to sort of continue this vetting process, uh, ten casual staff were to be employed from Labour students to review the results <laughs> of the searches. Yeah, R I P. R I P. Bitch. So yeah, you know, uh, you can that, call an organisation a bitch. It's fine. I, well, Labour students have never been factional. That, that's one thing we know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and they they said a whole bunch of things, and um, in this handbook, and you know, Ford goes through it. It's stuff like if you if you use the word Blairite or Blairite scum, which you know, that, that's fine. I, 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 you, you've you, you've just said two, the same phrase twice, in my opinion. Um, but jokes aside, uh, he 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 notes that um, the the GLU witnesses, like the uh, how to describe them, the Sam Matthews of these world of this world, uh, sort of claim that there was nothing factional that they were never trying to exclude members uh, of the left. And there was no coordinated attempt to block Jeremy Corbyn from, you know, being the leader in the 2016 leadership contest. But he also notes, and this is very clear, this is one of the very clear phrases he used, we can see no legitimate non-factional reason why the search tool, i.e. the search parameters, was apparently designed only to catch abuse aimed at MPs on the centre and right of the party and to ignore the majority of abuse aimed at MPs on the left, Including Jeremy Corbyn, and he and he notes that this could have been easily included in the process. Like all you had to do was just simply add Jeremy Corbyn into the search terms, and that wasn't done. Mm-hmm. That make yeah, that that's to- totally right. I mean, if you're looking at that from kind of an objective legal standpoint, uh, you can't really say. Well, here's why they were right to purely focus on the left. Again, it's just like the issue of the Ergen House scheme, the funneling money to their factional allies. It's not really justified. Like, you can't really um, make a good case for it other than, well, my guys are the good guys. Yeah, and and, and, and he says it even more uh, bluntly in the following thing. He says... Um, in our view, the intention and effect of both validation exercises was to remove ballots from individuals who would otherwise have voted for Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, yeah. And also there's the fucking mental thing about them, like, ringing a fucking bell whenever they kick a trot out of a party. Their trot hurts. Oh, yeah. uh, I say trot as in, you know, obviously means anyone to the left of Gordon Brown. In fact including uh, certain Gordon Brown supporters in some of these people's view. Um, 
but like Ian Austin probably at some point complained that he was a trot because like he hung out with a right wing trade union or something. <laughs> like that guy's hang. He he he's on the picket line with community, <laughs> but community like picketing so that like workers get lower wages or something, whatever they get up to. <laughs> like that fucking Ian Austin, that trot. Um, but yeah, every time that they successfully uh, get a left winger. Uh, stricken from the labor uh, labor roles of members uh, they would ring a big bell like that's a big gate cast thing Mike Gapes is childlike fascination with bells and then it turns out that, that the guys in labor HQ you know are living in accordance with the Gapes mindset yeah I know uh, and it, it's quite and, and, and in this report and this is another aspect a weird aspect of Ford is he quotes this, which is clearly egregious, and then he's just like, "Yeah, well, that's that's messed up. Let's move on." Well, that's and, his and, opinions. Uh, I don't respect it, but I, I'm not going to say <laughs> it either way, you know. <laughs> and he, yeah, and then he just goes, "It's like, well, you know, the NEC made final decisions and stuff like that." It's like, wait a minute, what did you just quote there, sir? Who was in charge yeah. of the NEC at that point? Which faction? Uh, well, you know who who was General. Uh, well, well, that's another fa- fascinating thing about Ford, and to an extent also the the EHRC, <laughs> is they're just like ah, we don't really know who is in charge. <laughs> We're not going to name names here, and and you frequently get references to a senior member of GLU, and you know if you were to Google it, you could find that easily. Yeah, the name Ma- Ma'am Matthews. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Matthews. Ah, oh, I got you. I got you. Allegedly. Sorry, I was a bit slow on that one. Well, I want to get into that fucking guy actually, because the reason that I invited you on, Pete, is because I thought your contributions on our friend Uncle Trash's Twitter Space the other day, uh, which was also on the Ford Report, was very, very, very insightful. Um, and you came on specifically to talk about how this report casts even further doubt that already existed on the claims of the John Ware fronted panorama documentary that aired on the BBC in 2019 and was considered a pivotal linchpin of the anti-Semitism based case against Corbyn. Yes. Uh, Where would you like me to begin? Because there's a lot. Well, I'll just begin by saying that this is the third successive report that has not in any way corroborated the claims made in that documentary. Uh, Yes, but what you'll find is that it doesn't um, exonerate Corbyn, who is in no way charged, so therefore it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sides, both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but no, you you are quite correct. Um, It's the third one. Uh, I mean... Are you counting the Chakrabarti reports, or is there another one? That oh, no, EHRC. That yeah, that was far before the documentary, wasn't it? Oh, oh, so so you mean oh, the the actual narrative that was presented, rather than saying, um, you know, there are things to be done on institutional level, but they aren't. They don't go directly to Corbyn. Cool. Yeah. So I shall begin. Uh, you you are quite right. It it, it once in fact it more definitively. Uh, than the the EHRC report does. Well, yeah, that's why I said that they don't corroborate, because this kind of pretty much actively disputes them, whereas the EHRC report just uh, did not factor in this supposedly compelling evidence at all, which is quite a telling omission. 
Well, well, I mean, if we go to the genesis of, of the report, this never got submitted to the AHRC. Mm. So. Yeah. I, I, and to be fair to whoever made that decision, I think they would have just said, they would have just put it as a footnote and said something like, we have heard varying degrees of disputes regarding the operations and we have just declined to, you know, consider them. Um, which is dumb, but it is what it is. But you are quite correct. The EHRC does not corroborate what was said in Panorama. It's very neutral. It, it's very passive. And it, and it tries to spread the blame. Like a, like a fine butter on toast. Um, ignoring, you know, where the butter came from and where the bulk of it is. But to get to the Panorama documentary itself, the, the core claims in that documentary are that uh, the leadership itself instigated involvement in the disciplinary cases. Um, and that that involvement was extensive and welcome and slowed down the work of the GLU. Uh, and, and that uh, in the key period of March and April 2018, which is where everything unravels um, in terms of anti-Semitism and beyond, uh, that it continued beyond that. And, and, and it was still a theme, in, in, like a live theme in 2019. So that, pe- so that w- when in April uh, 2019, y- you, you would get Tom Watson still saying... They're still not doing enough, but they're still interfering. Yeah, he said, "I want," and he also said, "I want every case on my desk." I want every case on my desk, and here are fifty cases that I'm that I'm going to run past everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every case on my desk, and no interference from figures of leadership. Signed, the Labour deputy leader. The the yeah, so it's it's Schrodinger's interference. There is simultaneous <laughs> there is simultaneously too much and not enough. Yeah, and and Ford Ford finds. And he's very clear about this, uh, and that, that, that there was an enthusiastic invitation from the GLU. He just says that straight up. That, that, that's that's right there. That's plain in the text. And he also finds that there, there is evidence that uh, the leader's office resisted um, resisted invitations to expand their involvement because that was which was also requested by the GLU. Uh, and and that he he also notes that the the EHRC itself found that there was no systemic attempt by uh, the leader's office to slow down <coughs> uh, or dilute the party's response to anti-Semitism, and, and and Ford accepts that. So boom. If anything, Two things. they objected to the party uh, the leadership's efforts where they did try and uh, um, speed up anti-Semitism cases. In some cases, yes. For example, the uh, the Ken Livingston case, which Ford covers quite clearly, and and the 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 competing narratives were, oh, the leader's office were trying to slow this because, uh, you know, he's an ally of ours, which which never really comes across. That's just the perceptions of of how that came about, but in reality, they were pushing him for him since twenty seventeen, and. Um, a certain individual who was in charge of complaints was slow walking that for reasons that we never really get into. But the EHRC, they dinged Corbyn's office for trying to speed that one up. So, there, and another take... instance was uh, wasn't Seamus Milne 
um, basically querying why so many Jewish members of the Labour Party were subject to anti-Semitism investigations and basically saying, well, look, if this is happening, then something fundamentally wrong is here. Ah, well, I was going to get to that, but, you know, I'll do it right now. <laughs> um, the, the, the claim of the panorama thing was that he was... The, Seamus Milne was sort of bearing over them and saying, I think we need to review this process going forward. That's that's a legitimate quote from what Seamus Milne was saying. But the person <laughs> Terrifying. Who was presenting... The rhetoric of this evil man just chills me to the bone. <laughs> yeah, and then... In the Panorama documentary, he says, well, that's him instructing what he expects to happen. But the actual quote is Seamus Milne saying, if we're more than very occasionally using disciplinary action against Jewish members for anti-Semitism, something's going wrong. And we're muddling up political disputes with racism. Quite apart from this specific case, because it was a specific case this conversation was about, I think going forward we need to review where and how we're drawing the line if we're going to have clear and defensible processes. Mm. And one thing about Ford is, he says that at this time, there were not clear and defensible processes. <laughs> so Seamus Milne is essentially, I mean, he, he's saying, oh, we, we don't, we need something more in place. And, and doesn't, and, sorry, doesn't Ford himself later express concern about the marginalisation of left-wing Jews and actually advocate that the Jewish labour movement incorporate the left-wing group Jewish Voice for Labour into their anti-Semitism education programmes? Uh, yes, he does, and that makes a lot of people mad. On yeah, 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 that was like the campaign against anti-Semitism came out like, this report is a Corbynite whitewash. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I mean, it was probably several of those guys. Hey, man, I ag I, mean, I agree with Margaret Hodge. The campaign against anti-Semitism should stay out of Labour politics. Yeah, they're a Tory friends, according to uh, yeah, according that's... to Margaret Hodge. Yeah, exactly, an authority on these things. Well, you know, it's not like they were the ones who were the principal um, instigators of the EHRC investigation. Mm -hmm. That would be very weird if they were. Yeah. So sorry, Pete. Luckily, that... making a point when I interject. Oh no no no! You you're quite right, and you've you've linked in quite nicely to. It. I I've just scrolled by, um, in into the uh, the 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 sort of what the what the uh, what the panorama guys claim mm. versus what was actually said. Yeah, and there's a lot there's a lot of that in in um, in John Ware's. Uh, I don't know, he's pretty litigious, so let's see how I can <laughs> phrase this. Um, absolute farce of a doc documentary. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm sure they just, just happened to accidentally make a really bad piece of journalism where they got lots of facts wrong. It just happens. Well, well, well that's it. And, and, and to, to circle back to this key period, uh, you, get, you get the final um, sort of point on it, is that on the 17th of April 2018... Um, just just one month after this all started, uh, the leader's office said, could you just stop, could you please remove us from emails regarding complaints? This is your job. <laughs> and, uh, and and the background to this to is our jobs, that, never! <laughs> well, that is the interesting thing, because what you have is, uh, in, in Ford, he says that one of the uh, systemic problems was an inadequate system for logging and tracking complaints. And then you have him saying the complaint center introduced in 2017 to 2018 remedied this position somewhat, but not entirely. And 
that seems to me to be referencing um, what is the uh, anti <clears throat> the anti-Semitism um, task force that was sort of anticipated as being the closing point to filling up uh, the complaint system um, that required uh, the leader's office to sort of second people into that process. And that, that, that's sort of my generous interpretation mm. uh, of that history. But one, once you get to April 2018, what we've had in, in, in that and what, what has begun and what has begun that process is the uh, the Collier Report. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Collier Report. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like a load of screenshots of like idiots off Twitter <laughs> or Facebook. It's, it, Facebook, that's it. It, it. it was a Facebook group Corbyn was part of, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, well, Cor- Corbyn had been part of it. He, he, he left in sort of uh, shortly after uh, he had um, won the leadership election. So, but Facebook works. It, it shows that God, you know, if you've have ever posted on it, you will still be there. So yeah. David Collier, evidently, and I mean, I, I hope for for hit well his sanity that he didn't individually look at every aspect of this post, but I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he produced like a 300 page um, report, which is just, which is just screenshots of this group. <laughs> just screenshots. And it's, uh, what a miserable existence. <laughs> but there were points in there where there were genuinely anti-Semitic aspects of it. Um, and because Jeremy Corbyn had been in that group, they wanted to tie it to the Labour Party. And so they, they had no indication that anyone was was a Labour member. They, it was just names in the group. And so they were trying to link and trying to find it out. And so this is what leads to the deluge of complaints that overwhelms um, the GLU at that time. And what they're then trying to and, and there seems to be this one instance which uh, which James Snyder uh, posted about where there, there's a sort of peace activist in there who says things that are you know mildly pro-Palestine uh, slightly anti-Israel mm. but he's Jewish as well yeah and and, and he, he, he does a back and forth Snyder. yes of course uh, and he and and I, he he sort of says, um, and he has he has a thread on this, um, which you know he hasn't been sued for. So I'm gonna, given Sam Matthews is litigious, I'm gonna take to be the truth. Uh, he says, uh, give me one second. For me, I will say since this is just a value judgment, I think we're all right here. For me, Sam Matthews is one of the great villains of of this whole narrative, and when. Um, when you've finished with this, I have uh, something regarding his comments made on the Pan- Panorama documentary, I want to say. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, basically, uh, you know, if, if anyone wants to see it, I, I, I can provide a link. But, but James basically shows that uh, he uh, James was like, oh, I, I've just been contacted by The Telegraph um, regarding David Collier's report. For comment, because obviously he would be, and the he, he then calls Sam Matthews, who is the person responsible for you know interrogating the claims made, and Sam Matthews eventually says, "Oh yeah, we've suspended a few members 
um, who are visibly anti-Semitic, and James is like, okay, cool, well, now I'll brief, now I, now I can, you know, ha- ha- head held up high, tell people that we've acted on this. Um, but as it turns out, uh, there was a, there was one Jewish uh, peace activist who was suspended, and there were some incredibly virulent um, anti-Semitic comments which were just not actioned on. And this was this is on the seventh of March, uh, and if you look at uh, what what happens later on, from the 9th of March, you just get a, a series of very passive aggressive. Um, there's that famous one that was printed in the Times, uh, which is uh, someone saying, "Please, can we get a response to the low, the below? I know we want to suspend somebody. Please, 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 please." And and and, and that seems to be what it what they're launching on in order to sort of say, "Oh, we we previously had." Uh, a solid commitment that the leaders, the leader's office, would just sign off on anything, and that, and that doesn't really. And, and Ford again, he never interrogates that. He just sort of interrogates the period, and event, and then he says, "Well, eventually, we understand that that's not actually the case. Um, the leader's office was invited, and this. Sorry, I need to." Five minutes because I was looking at the report, and and but it but but he then goes on to you know there's this he said she said stuff in terms of what is written down in emails and what is actually documentarily uh, verifiable. Oh, is this the uh, offline interference bit? Uh yes, I'm coming on to that <laughs> because, and he he says quite simply, um, the the claims he doesn't say panorama specifically, but. He basically is referring to the claims made in Panorama. Uh, that the claims, the narrative put forward was partial and misleading, and he, he sort of then does a, a bit of loyally kind of thing, saying, "Oh well, you know, maybe it was reasonably held beliefs, etc." But he then goes forward and says, "It is in our view, it is entirely misleading to imply that these emails in themselves were evidence of uh, the leader's office." inserting themselves unbidden into the disciplinary process for factional reasons. Mm. And again, this this is unequivocal. But he equivocates throughout. He says, well, X, Y, and Z, maybe, maybe he said, she said. Um, and then, you know, may, maybe a thought experiment would conclude. But in this, he says, no. The, that's, that's, that's a pathetic um, view of the narrative. Yeah. I also think that, you know, there's clearly something factional going on. If you think that, you know, James Schneider, a Jewish man, is just purposefully stonewalling uh, Sam Matthews because the latter cares about anti-Semitism and the former doesn't. Again, yeah. it's like Seamus Milne said, something's wrong here. And and, and the thing is, it, it, it is it, it is very reminiscent of the uh, the Ken Livingston thing where, where Sam Matthews... Um, is is sort of saying one thing. He's saying, "Oh yeah, we're dealing with this right now," and then it turns out, "Oh wait, shit, no, we're not, and we're <laughs> going to leave you guys to ha- to hold the bag." Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, these guys are sort of bag carriers by nature, so that they 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 can p- posi- really picture other people holding bags. Oh, they know, yeah, they know where to place the bags. <laughs> holding bags, hold. opening doors—that's their kind of thing. 
and, and, and to and the thing you closing were closing the door to it, socialism, <laughs> closing the yeah, and um, pu- putting putting the bag out of the fire escape for uh, everyone for everyone involved in the Ford report to go work in some unions. Um, but but to I think what you were hinting at earlier is is there's another aspect of it uh, where you know there's uh, the McNichol claims where he's uh. like where where. Where Ford says it's like, oh well, many other claims were made um, in relation to this. That uh, here it is: numerous examples of uh, leader opposition. Uh, sorry, leaders' office pressure and interference were cited by respondents to this inquiry and in the Panorama program, which do not, unlike what we just discussed, involve uh, paper trails. And which are harder to prove or disprove. <laughs> yes, okay, as yeah, things fine. with no evidence tend to be. <laughs> but he says, and, and so he says, well, we cannot make any specific findings in relation to those. We accept in broad terms. Uh, sorry. Uh, where is it? Yeah, we accept in broad terms that there was a cumulative build up pressure. Build-up of pressure on GLU staff in this period. That I mean, so it's like, oh, okay. I'm sure they were under pressure. It's a high-pressure job, but you know that's that's quite loyally phrasing. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Well, we you know we can't prove anything, even even though we just did a you know a sort of semi-forensic analysis of <laughs> what was happening there, and we've concluded that the side in the panorama. Uh, the, the panorama narrative is, you know, at the very least nonsense. We when when presented with something um, that we can't, you know, that that, that we can't um, do, then we actually accept that you know Ian McNichol and John Ware etc. do really have uh, a case to you know a case to make. Yeah, it just goes to a different school. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, uh, well, it's it, my my cousin who works at Nintendo, um, and his uncle who owns Nintendo. They 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 have all this this uh, all, all this invita- oh, sorry all this evidence that that, that that clearly shows that Ian McNichol is purely on the level. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's like well, the actual claims they made uh, are uh, categorically untrue. But on the other hand, you know, they're probably going through it, man. <laughs> well, and also, uh, the, the, the the kicker in all this is he says that the pressure was not least from parts of the membership falsely accusing them of a witch hunt in relation to anti-Semitism. <laughs> well, he's just detailed how they were witch-hunting people uh, for their politics generally. Um, and doesn't he reiterate even in uh, other places in the report that obviously... Um, the behaviour of these people, the factional behaviour, did make it impossible for the membership to trust them. Uh, yes, no, I'm glad you said that because I was actually searching for that very, for that very passage. Yeah, no, he says uh, literally that the um, the validation period in in 2016, which we discussed, that was just that represented such a breakdown in trust um, that uh, here we go. It embedded an extremely damaging conviction 
amongst parts of the membership that the party's disciplinary system was rigged against them. God, some he extremely after- damaging conviction. That's some real uh, liberal faith in our institutions bullshit. It's like, it- you, come on, the problem's not, well, yeah. not that the institutions aren't working, but that nobody can trust them for some reason. It's pretty wonderful, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and and this, this, this allowed the false idea that complaints of anti-Semitism were being fabricated as part of a witch hunt. Um, to take hold more easily than otherwise it would have. <laughs> well, y- yeah, no. Sh- you know what? I wa- something I wanted to get to, but allowed this impression to uh, take take hold uh, to a greater extent than it otherwise would have. Um, is to return to the very bad man Sam Matthews, um, which, I mean, so in in the Panorama documentary, you know. He said a few things. There, uh, <laughs> there are a couple of, you know, things were said, um, and um, some of them were the false claims that we've just talked about. But there was also some other stuff that I believe is false, but I don't know if you can necessarily prove this in a court of law as it's kind of subjective. Um, I would say it's kind of objectively wrong, actually. But again, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand all this legal thingamajig. Like, speak English, doc. We ain't scientists or whatever. So, um, like on the Panorama documentary, Sam Matthews said, "Jeremy Corbyn has done more than anyone in modern political history to bring about the rise of anti-Semitism." anyone in modern political history so you think what does he mean by that well i'll tell you what he means at the end of this art at the end of this paragraph he concludes he is the biggest friend anti-semites have had since the second world war so a fairly conventional definition of modern political history since world war ii ergo jeremy corbyn is the worst anti-semite since hitler that's not an exaggeration that's what he's saying in here um and that's an extraordinary claim to make. It's so obviously wrong, so obviously just insane hyperbolic um, rhetoric. Um, but of course, the Labour Party disciplinary processes were not something that members on the left could trust when it was run by people like Sam Matthews, who, by the way, in that paragraph, he says whether or not Jeremy Corbyn himself is an anti-Semite is an irrelevance. He is uh, the biggest friend that anti-Semites have had in the Second World War. He then obviously thinks, oh shit, did I just say that it's that he leaves some possible doubt that Corbyn's an anti-Semite? He then caveated, I don't believe Theresa May is an Islamophobe with an army of Islamophobic advisors around her. I do think the Labour Party is led by an anti-Semite though. So he was like, uh, I went a bit soft comparing him to Hitler there. I just need to clarify that yeah, he does actually personally dislike Jewish people. Um, that's insane. Well, well that uh, it, it is insane. But also, if, let, let's look at the juxtaposition of what he's saying here, because he's saying, "I don't believe Theresa May is an Islamophobe with an army of Islamophobic advisors around here." That implies that in his next sentence, where he where he is juxtaposing Corbyn against uh, May, that he believes that he is an anti-Semite with an army of anti-Semitic advisors. Well, first of all, his office wasn't well staffed enough to hire an army of advisors so that's wrong for a start yes yeah, it's, it's more of a it's more of a company <laughs> a small a small coterie of uh, anti-semitic advisors please no no 
a, a, most, a most of Platoon. Yeah. Who is this bitch talking about, anyway? Name names, motherfucker. <laughs> He'll never name names. I do think the Labour Party is led by an anti-Semite, though. I think what gets him out here is, like, I do think. I do think, okay. Uh, no. That, that's what gets you. Oh yeah, like I said, I don't know if this stuff is actionable. It's just wrong morally, and I believe factually. Oh yeah, no, it, it, he. I, the thing with Sam Matthews is, from my understanding, and this is all allegedly, from my understanding, he he was on the hook for gross negligence. Uh, sorry, gross misconduct in the way he handled it. Uh, he handled the complaints process as. You know, in his position of that. And what they did was, rather than put him through a disciplinary process, they allowed him to quit and probably paid him off, you know, a couple of months' salary, and made him sign a non-disclosure agreement. Ah, and that was a big deal, wasn't it? That was, like, why he was such a courageous whistleblower for breaking his NBA. Because he... Yeah, and and because because they they dared dared to... Yeah, he was a courageous whistleblower for giving a bunch of emails to the Times, who, we should note... When they published their um, the the emails that he gave them, they didn't. The only people they crossed the names out of uh, were the uh, well, well, pretty much the the people in those um, the people who were the subject of the Ford report. Mm. They 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 the, the I believe they actually kept it in the names of people under investigation when they published those. Fuck so much for natural justice. Uh, yeah, well, no, no right of response there. But what are you going to do? That wasn't part of the Ford report's terms of reference. Mm. But anyway, so so basically, Sam Matthews got out way easier than he could have, and then perhaps he spoke to somebody, um, and they said, "Wait a minute, you've got something here. You can just cast yourself as a whistleblower." And um, what are you whistleblowing? Well, stuff we did ourselves, but institutionally, if you're you can technically fit within the definition of a whistleblower, e- even if you were part of what was going on. Yeah, you just have to say, oh, it made me feel sick. I was really upset. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. And, 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 and you know, the, 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 the fun punchline to Sam Matthews is, uh, given we started the conversation of this about Keir Starmer and his, uh, his whole thing, you know who represented him? Mish Condorea. Mishkondorea. Who Starmer obviously had a part-time job with, which he would have kept had Corbyn not made it a precondition of Starmer remaining in his shadow cabinet that he not keep that job. Well, I think he, he was still allowed to do consulting, but he just wasn't allowed to take it an actual official figure, so he could still do like... <laughs> yes, you know, yes, like... Ilford South Park would be perfectly fine for a CIA black site. That's not his voice. Uh, yes, yes uh, you can talk to him there, it's fine. Wank. And, and, and that's... Uh, well, and, that, and that's the thing, and, and, and all of this, the, the the period in question, this is what leads to the, the Panorama documentary. And, and, and the Panorama documentary is, this is sort of the original sin, which which which, which feeds through into, you know, the, 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 I, the IHRA adoption, uh, Margaret Hodges' behaviour. Do you want to hear how uh, Sam in, Matthews describes the IHRA debate, by the way? I witnessed a deliberate attempt by these people to redefine what constituted modern-day anti-Semitism, mainly so they could let their mates uh. off the charge. It's just wrong on every level. 
Like the 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 the, Cor- the Corbyn leadership did not invent the idea that there are problems with the IHRA definition. Ask Kenneth Stern, who was one of its authors. I mean, you can check out the Guardian piece by him that they helpfully published on the thirteenth of December, twenty nineteen. I, I I can't say this for like a hundred percent certainty, but you know, if, the, if there was a way of proving this in a cosmic sense, I would bet every piece of money that i have all wealth that sam matthews hadn't heard of the ihra definitions of anti-semitism uh before 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 28 no no one had (laughs) virtually no one in journalism and then just overnight boom everyone agrees with um, the ihra definition it's universally accepted the, the only reason I Do you remember actually... when the, the Tories actually like stealth edited in at like 1am into onto their website? <laughs> and yeah, they didn't even do it competently. Don't, don't worry, the other racisms are still cool. <laughs> uh, 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 but also they they, they, they forget to, forgot to say, oh, this doesn't apply to members as well. So <laughs> they, they fucked it up yeah. even in that regard. But, uh, uh, but it's insane because the only reason I knew about them was because I was a real big Obama guy back in the day. And so... The I the IHRA definitions were the things that like the you know the the, the APAC um, guys of that world were really just hammering him for and sort of prepping uh, to to sort of call him a dickhead and yeah. say oh you're actually anti-Semitic so that's how I'd heard of them and so when when they came up uh, in 2018 I I was like wait a minute I recognise this it's something that a bunch of right wing psychos are going to use to uh, shut down all legitimate debate. Yeah. And of course, no, nobody, nobody listened or cared. I I posted a thread. Uh, well, somebody under my name posted a thread. <laughs> some imposter, um, some fucking fraud who just happened to have exactly the same politics and legal expertise as you. <laughs> yeah, well, well, well I, I, I'm analyzing a um, a a brief, uh, sorry, an opinion that Jeffrey Robertson QC, uh, former Starmer colleague, gave to. Um, to a Palestinian organization, stating quite clearly that the, IA, the IHRA definitions were just not fit for purpose as a disciplinary tool. Mm. Um, and and his, his recommendations that if you were going to use them, if you simply have to use them, um, you, you include uh, a couple of caveats saying that, you know, this will not um, uh, impede free speech on the matter of Palestinian liberation. Libera- liberation yeah. which is what which is what corbyn did and i think and i can't remember the exact the exact trigger but i think that was that was deemed just completely outrageous and i think margaret hodge was was inspired to yeah that, that, that's when that's when she allegedly called uh, corbyn a fucking racist and anti-semite but she has only acknowledged recently that she called him a racist and anti-semite she wouldn't use naughty words margaret hodge no, no, she she would leave that to. Uh, sorry, I was about to say something very. Who else was allegedly yelling abuse on that night? Didn't Milk. Uh, yell at Ian Lavery. He was squared up to him and called him a fucking anti-Semite or something. I think Milk was yelled at Ian Lavery several times. I, I'm not sure if it was that exact. <laughs> Give me my occasion. dog back! <laughs> Like, no, you can't take it away. It's my rights. I can do yeah, it in Ian Parliament. La- <laughs> There's no law against Ian it. Labor- it's no hanging Ian matter. Labor- it's no ha- capital crime. 
to quote the he, Stones' he invited, Pro Pedophilia uh, song, Stray Cat Blues. All right, I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I think that was when uh, Lavery invited uh, some Battersea Dug Home people and the RSPCA into Parliament. <laughs> you know. Milk! Got very animated. Yeah. Allegedly. The, these are alleged things that may or may not have happened. Uh, sorry, we got way off track. On you got that. confused. Um, uh, Pete meant to say it was an animated character uh, resembling milk. Yes, S slip of the tongue. Uh, Which is incidental. Yeah. What milk does to dogs' assholes. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to like beep his name there, but everyone's gonna get it. Because <laughs> we're talking some about him. Person. Yeah. The, the hint is some unrelated person to the discussion we just had. I think really getting into the IHRA thing is what leads us into the final storm, so maybe we can pick up that. Coming storm. Okay, right. The perfect storm, you could say. Yeah. I, I think it was a perfect storm because I am glad that... Um, Boris Boris Johnson uh, became prime in my I'm glad that my hero Boris Johnson <laughs> defeated the menace of Jeremy Corbyn uh, so that uh, now and has now been defeated by my hero Keir Starmer whatever I fuck that up anyway I'm going for a piss Yes, I sure am glad that my hero Boris Johnson defeated the evil Jeremy Corbyn so that he could in turn be defeated by my other hero, Keir Starmer. Nailed it. Much better, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Pete's still pissing. He's still so. Constantine pissing. <laughs> Constantine kissing some Constantine. ass. That's right. Got him. All right, I'm back, fellas. Right, we were on to IHRA, weren't we? Yeah, no, yes. I mean, I don't want to dwell on that too much because the, the funny thing is, whenever you see anyone who is famously uh, excommunicado from the Labour Party these days, there's no reference to the IHRA at all. No. It, it's mostly because uh, they were, you know... Uh, they sort of made eye contact with somebody from Socialist Appeal or something like that. Yeah, and 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 that that's why the whole debate was never really about using that as uh, you know a legitimate uh, form of um, uh, discipline. It, it was merely to just keep the keep the world gig going. Mm. And, and and that's what happened. It was very successful, and allowed a lot of people to sort of mainstream calling Jeremy Corbyn an anti-Semite, and you know they change UK and and I was looking this up actually. Heroes. Ivan Lewis himself, yeah, oh yeah, complete <laughs> heroes. Jo jo John Woodcock and Ivan Lewis uh, both sort of quit because of sexual assault or sexual misconduct. Um, yeah, allegations. Allegations. Uh, they were suspended for him, and then quit saying, um, "Actually, we're doing this because Jeremy Corbyn's an anti-Semite," yeah. which is very, very convenient. Well, look, I I'll say there's no greater expert on gapesology than myself, possibly FFF. I think we're the two, the two greats. I think Geraint is following. I think Tom Tom F. 
Tom Foster because he made yeah. the, the Milk Gates video. I guess Esther Weber because she made <laughs> she made the video that they got that, that that was made from. You know, we're the great. No, for a footnote in yeah, history. For, yeah, fuck <laughs> off. Uh, we're we're basically like the greats of the Gapes logical field, and I can say. Uh, Mike Gapes did not talk about Jeremy Corbyn as uh, an anti-Semite prior to about um, 2018. Well, yeah, prior to this period. I mean, you will... Of course, Gapes disagreed on Palestine and so forth with Jeremy Corbyn. He probably secretly did think, oh, well, he's an anti-Zionist. You know what that means? Um, Emma Corbyn isn't really technically an anti-Zionist these days, unfortunately. But, uh, you, you know, he's, he's enough that he was more so than any other mainstream politician. Um and be- which obviously is one of the reasons why they say he's not a mainstream politician, despite him demonstrably representing a pretty sizable uh, portion of the UK population. Um, n- nonetheless, like Gapes, you know, it would it was all his shit. We're going to be an electoral ruin. Uh, blah blah blah. NATO, Russia, 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 etc. Like it wasn't really. Uh, maybe a bit of Hamas and stuff, but there wasn't really a, he's anti-Semitic. And then suddenly, and, and you notice this in that fucking shitty little uh, self-published book that Change UK, or the, the surviving members of Change UK of which, put out this recently. podcast represents like, a significant proportion, like percentage, several percentage points of the entire lifetime sales of that, of that book. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Like it was just a little job edited allegedly by Anne Coffey yes. under a pseudonym. I say I I made that well, 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 look, to be honest, but it's uh, hey, it's uh, out uh, there. Only only seven people read it. They all went on to form centrist parties. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, on the plus side, uh, given the kind of budget they had for that book, I'm, I don't know how much of a legal fund they got for, <laughs> those guys have got going at the moment. But basically, like, it has all these quotes from Gapes. Like, you know, he, he keeps saying, as I tweeted on the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he just loves his own tweets. He's like, he just got this encyclopedic mem- memory of, like, who he told to trot off on, like, the 16th of April 2016 <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, you read all of them. And it, he's just not talking about Corbyn in that tone. Yeah. And then, you know, it, despite it being one of the most vociferous yeah. anti-Corbyn MPs, then it's like over the IHRA, IHRA thing, a, flip, a, a switch is flipped. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and I... and and even though you can read all those back quotes from Gapes that he's voluntarily giving you, he's still like, yeah, yeah, I always thought this. Well, well, it's, it, you know, they, it's what they could get to stick because I think they tried with the IHRA. Uh, yeah. The IHRA. The IRA. Um, yeah, yeah. The, I want to hear the, the IRA the, definition. The, what the, do they think about well, anti-Semitism? I mean, don't, don't, don't ask David Aronovich what he thinks. Oh, yeah, well, they're pretty pro-Palestine, so I think, I, I think he would, that. you know, he, he would say that Israel should nuke Ireland, basically. Uh, that's that's <laughs> not me saying that he has said that. That's me saying that that's what he probably thinks. Uh, and yeah, no, no. Him. yeah, we're doing a lot of legal caveats in this episode. We're just being careful. It's better to be well, safe Well, you know, there's only, so, there's only so... We're, we're the kind of show that always we think before There's only so speak. far parody can carry you've you, you, you got to sometimes yeah, exactly. uh, put a disclaimer in there but no you're quite right it's like it, the, the IHRA and I, I think uh, the March-April period and, and that sort of central period in 2018 that really flips everything 
because prior to that, the only people who were willing to call um, uh, Corbyn an anti-Semite outright were guys like Dan Hodges and Louise Bench. Uh, you know, the, the the real fucking starring minds of our gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Dan, get well soon with the, the COVID, mate. Like, I, you know, they've obviously, like, given him, like, the fucking melt equivalent of Novichok. And he's just, you know, they they wanted, they took him out so that he couldn't um, lay out the truth against the the hated Super Tansky on Byline <laughs> TV. Uh, although to be to be fair, uh, the the topic of conversation was going to be is the right wing press a menace to democracy? To which Dan was arguing on the no side. So yeah, I'm sure it would have been a mixed. I, I feel like Super Tansky would have just been like would have made all about uh, Starmer though. Yeah, yeah, she would have made me be like, yeah, the Daily Mail is fucking awesome. I hope it does a hit job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but... Look, I be I had to endure that shit like. <laughs> What, what, what are that? And, and that's kind of it. Uh, to to sort of go go a bit back to what we were talking about. Um, th- this is you know the the pre twenty eighteen kind of situation is you have people who are who are you know in twenty nineteen calling the Labour Party an, an irredeemable cesspit of uh, anti semitism who are saying that uh, the Chakrabarti recommendations. There's there's a, there's a report nobody remembers except for the the HRC. Uh, should have were good and should have been done, including uh, one one uh, re- uh, reverend, uh, rabbi uh, Ephraim Mervis. Oh, but one didn't he later say Corbyn was like he he, he wrote a letter to, to the Times uh, the morning of the Andrew Neil interview, uh, saying that Corbyn was an existential threat to. Uh, I thought that was a great interview and that Andrew Neil has lots of moral high ground over Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, Corbyn's name probably listed about ten times in the Little Black Book, not f- just five. Or uh, well, also, you know, th- there was th- there's no coincidence at all. I'm not alleging that the timing of that was in any way suspect to give Andrew Neil uh, sort of a hook to perhaps embarrass Corbyn or he- hector him on the mm. issue. That, that what that I'm saying that didn't happen. I'm specifically saying that that there's no reason to believe that uh, Andrew Neil is in any way uh, below board or a skulking piece of shit who should have milked of COVID. But I mean, what what do you think happened between 2016 and 18 that that uh, Rabbi Mervis yeah you got, got his name right um went went from uh, believing you know that. Uh, allies of Jeremy Corbyn were proactively making constructive suggestions uh, about how to con- uh, combat anti-Semitism within the party to uh, doing what he did in 2019 and explicitly making a political intervention against the Labour Party in a general uh, well, election. Well, uh, you know, I, I think there's a couple of factors. Uh, one, one is they sort of assumed that uh, 2017 would be the killing blow that would do do what to the left uh, was eventually done by Keir Starmer um, in terms of just sort of killing it. Uh, but when it turned out that, you know, 40% of people might be up for this, <coughs> it, it was simply unacceptable for, you know, for any discussion uh, of... Uh, and let's be honest, Palestinian rights to to advance into the mainstream. 
um, you know, if you if you look at uh, the, 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 the Miliband years, you, you get similar uh, sort of Jewish Chronicle articles, um, saying that Ed Miliband is anathema to, to sort of Jewish values. And here, here's a, here's a poll saying 82% of, uh, by, by the JC saying 82% of Jewish people despise this man and would vote sorry. And, you know, I, I think that that was meant to be the norm. It wasn't meant to scare people. It was just sort of meant to inform policy making decisions. Uh, but when Corbyn comes along, he's actually, you know, he, and, and had, let's say had uh, Ed Miliband come in, I, I don't think he would have really put his money where his mouth was on this. It was more of a fop to anything. But Jeremy Corbyn uh, is a bit more committed to this. And it, it, it would be deemed an unconscionable sort of, the state of affairs to have, uh, you know, part of the imperial core to be like, uh, actually, guys, can you can you not do this to 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 Israel and and also at the same time you, you you've got the sort of extended uh, assault on against BDS which is going on in the US and the UK in in, in line so. In, uh, I think there's kind of a test case to be made that against Corbyn. It's like, oh, okay, well, if we can bring this guy down, we can bring the whole, you know, Palestinian solidarity movement down. And frankly, they they kind of succeeded. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, some of our friends even would disagree that anti-Semitism was the pivotal thing that uh felled the corbyn project in 2019 and i you know i might disagree i don't know if you can attribute the end purely to one thing but where i think it played such a pivotal role was that it just sapped the movement of its confidence of its energy of its enthusiasm campaigning for jeremy corbyn went from being like no this guy is unfairly maligned by the media he just believes in peace and I can feel good about that to just this grim, relentless thing of like, no, he's actually not a genocidal racist. Like, please <laughs> believe us. And no one wants to do that shit. Like, I fucking freaked out like the night before the 2019 general election was announced because I, you know, I saw some leak that not even any of Labour's left wing MPs wanted to go on TV to defend Corbyn against anti-Semitism allegations. I was like, OK, we're not going to win the general election then if people can't have like the confidence in what we're doing. Um, and it was something that hit at the core of uh, the, the, the identity of left wingers, you know. Most of us aren't racists, and none of us want to be called racist. That's correct, um, and and that continues to this day, and uh, not not just in terms of the anti-Semitism thing, but in terms of people who are kind of like, oh, I need to I need to walk away from these anti-imperialist principles. Uh, but in but in terms of the twenty nineteen uh, election itself, there was another dynamic at play, which because you know, once an election is called, there's a set amount of days that you get to bring out a grid. Uh, go go for your policies, etc., etc., and so every single or every other day, at, at most, uh, that there was a story about Labour anti-Semitism, which would drown out any positive um, sort of stories that anyone could. Absolutely, every interview uh, that anybody yeah. did on anti-Semitism 
Well, if you're a member of staff of uh, the compliance unit, you wouldn't have cared because you just ignored any abuse that was directed against Jeremy Corbyn or indeed Diane Abbott. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and and the one thing the Ford Report, well, one of the things the Ford Report does go into is how utterly disgraceful uh, the the treatment of her. Well, well they say yeah. they, they say two things: that the treatment of her is bad, and the way people viewed her was bad. But then they sort of equivocate Kate saying, oh, but that one that one story about her being cited in the toilets, that, that's unsubstantiated and perhaps even satire. So, uh, you know... To be fair, though, all, all they really said about that was that the, the bit about involving Michael Crick was not the same as the context it appeared as in, in that report. You know, it was, it was a different in-joke that they were, they were bringing into it. But... They were still like riffing at length on yeah, exactly. Diane Abbott crying in public. In, that, uh, yes, no, exactly. In her distress and the abuse she faces, um, that's the worst bit. The, you know, the, trying to get a journalist in it would have just been you know an extra level of, of disgusting. But yeah, it doesn't really change anything that that one part of it. Also, I've no evidence of this, but Michael Crick. Uh, no, I do have evidence of this. Just look at his entire journalism. Well, Michael Crick would have been in there Ma- like a shot. Michael really Crick is, is a Crick. factional operator on the Labour right, not an objective journalist. Uh, you know, he's written a book that's basically just a you know uh, a, a tribute to John Golding's hammer of the left, uh, and uh, you know, investigated uh, real pivotal issues facing democracy, like uh, whether the Labour Party was trying to rig the vote in Ilford South. Uh, and one should send your postal votes directly to Mike Gapes. Yeah, that's the kind of story he takes interest <laughs> in, and that's telling about Michael Michael Crick. The only good tweet Michael Crick has ever made was when like left wing activists spat in his hair, and he put a photo of his balding <laughs> spit of an head <laughs> Like, how oh, dare well, they? These horrible actually, views. a really bad tweet that Michael Crick did uh, was where he tweeted, like, oh, I was just in a taxi driver. He told me, oh, Diane Abbott's a fucking bitch, oh, and God, I hate yeah. that she's black or something. Like, he, he tweeted, like, the most obscene that I think they used terms about her in the uh, WhatsApp chats in the leaked report, like, dehumanising yeah. terms. Not, not the fake dehumanization tactics common to the extremes that James Bloodworth, you, you know, but actually terms that specifically, you know, distinguish her. So basically, yeah, he uh, this taxi driver had apparently told Michael Crick, "Don't know how you can trust that Jeremy Corbyn, given he's shagged that Diane Abbott." Like, just totally oh, inappropriate thing for a journalist uh, to be tweeting out. There was so out. much of that shit about for years, but for fucking journalists to be doing it on their professional account says it all about how normalised Yeah, yeah, so was. Michael Crick actually has a history of kind of, like, being this insulting and yeah. insensitive and prejudiced towards Diane Abbott, or at the very least, thinking mm-hmm. there's a lot, uh, something interesting in uh, what people say who do have those uh, views of her. And, and, and you know, I, I firmly believe that he is um, a factional ally on their side of the Labour Party. So, yeah. I mean, it's not outside the realms of possibility. Uh, if Michael, Crick, if I was Michael Crick and they, and they asked me, uh, hey, did they send you some shit about Diane Abbott crying in the toilets? I'd say, oh, no, no, of course not. It seems to me more like, um, it's like, oh, there have been sightings of Diane Abbott. Ha ha, should we send this to Michael Crick? As in, Michael Crick is the guy who we would usually send to do this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Ergo... I mean, you know, uh, Michael, uh, 
I, is he even around? Maybe he blocked me. That like the new Michael Crick is Lee Harpin <laughs> these days. Oh yeah, I, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't feel like Crick is particularly well connected. He's like semi-retired. He worked um, for Mail Online, making stupid videos about Ilford South politics. Mail, Mail Plus, not even the main Mail. <laughs> it's like shit. paywalled it's Mail, isn't the it? Real... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I, I think we conclude that his his uh, spiritual success. Yeah, yeah, really absolutely. Hard. That's not a bad yeah. That, and that makes Showfield sense, has yeah, quit yeah. has quit his uh, brief liaison as a gambling lobbyist to return to uh, j- yeah. journalism, alleged oh, he, he, journalism yeah, he, as well. Yeah, he's back, baby. We got we got, we got the scope. <laughs> it's awesome. Change uh, but, the fucking but, but also <laughs> ancient. The, on, what he's done in Big the, On the Diane Abbott. <laughs> he's getting mad blunted in that Abbey room. <laughs> Truth suits. <laughs> On the particular thing, um, just just to run out the Diane Abbott discussion, is that uh, Ford sort of lays out a whole bunch of things, and he says, you know, the disgusting treatment of Diane Abbott, and then, and then he says at the end, it's like, it's a real shame that all the focus was on this Michael Crick uh, crying in the toilet story, because that's not been substantiated. Um, and therefore, you know, we can kind of just conclude that this is factional. And it's, it's very much like the... Uh, the hat scandal in um, in Newsnight, uh, Jeremy Corbyn wearing the, the communist hat. Yeah. Because because every element of that was photoshopped, with the possible exception. Of that. <laughs> because, I, 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 but because that one tiny element was inaccurate, that you had a bunch of people who were able to say, ah. Mm. There's a small. There's a small disregard the wider truth yeah. to the story. You, you, Any you allegation can... of bias is is ridiculous. You know, yeah. the whole thing was mocked up as like Soviet art. Sort of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like uh, I declare a mistrust <laughs> because because you said the hat was key to this, and nobody ever said the hat was key to it. Was they just. Somebody mentioned upon a list of things that the hat was. Yeah, I mean the, the the big Somebody fucking Kremlin upon... in the background was pretty significant as well. It wasn't actually yeah. that wasn't the Kremlin. That was, yeah, sorry, uh, it's Saint Peter's was... Church, wasn't it? Is yeah, that it was, what it's called? It was. It was St. Basil's Church. St. Basil's, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sorry, I, sorry, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a political exile from Russia due to my, uh, my fallout with the Putin regime. Uh, I stand with Ukrainians. Uh, I'm going over there with a shipment of uh, 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 machine guns. And, yeah. yeah, javelin missiles, <laughs> just machine guns and fire and and uh, uh, flamethrowers. I'm going over there tomorrow, and we'll have peace by tea time. Uh, well, I've actually visited Russia. It's very nice. Oh, nice. Excellent. That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> That's a claim to fame. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Paul, Paul, Paul Mason is... This, this, if, 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 he's if like, my you own... fucking what? <laughs> this will one day be used in the byline media expose on real politics. <laughs> I've actually been That'll to be Russia. Like headline. <laughs> if, 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 my, if, if my audio cuts out, it's because Paul Mason has garroted me. <laughs> Can't handle the truth. You, but first they came for Hodges, then uh, then they took out Pete. The troop, brave troop tellers, <laughs> felled one by one. 
They're the main two. Yeah. <laughs> those those two, <laughs> Sam Matthews, etc. <laughs> oh man, we should wrap up soon. We've been going for like two and a half hours. We really I'm, should wrap up soon. I'm fucking yeah. I'm, go- I'm gonna um, I'm gonna barely edit this shit apart from to beep out that one name. Uh, should we? Um, how should we wrap up? What do, What do we have left to talk about? What What is remaining? I think we've covered some of the. It's been about two hours since we called Keir Starmer a fucking a cunt, cunt uh, yeah, an evil man. <laughs> Fuck him. Yes. Fuck Keir Starmer. Um, just want to say that. Again. I don't know if he's gone to jail while we were while we've recorded this, yeah. but I expect by the time it's edited, well, um, yeah. he will be. Um, yes, he will be well, he's knocked co- away he... from from the public. He, he ripped off so so disgusting. Disgracefully. I just hope no tragic accidents befall him in jail, uh, <laughs> possibly relating to his large amount of knowledge of deep state activities. He he is currently on holiday, so. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's getting back in uh, ten days. He's fucking done a runner. <laughs> yeah, he knew this was coming, and he's like, "Yes, I'm out of the country for three yeah, weeks." Yeah, yeah, he's in Ukraine <laughs> fighting on the front line. <laughs> <laughs> like, because. It'll, it'll resurface in like full Azov battalion gear with all the fucking written tattoos. <laughs> no, no, nobody photoshopped. Keir Starmer? Anyway, I've never heard of her. To see, to see, to, to, to see Keir Starmer photoshopped in the Azov battalion. That is oh, awful. Don't. Yeah. Yeah, and to see the only anti-imperialist struggle, the only true anti-imperialist struggle, trivialized mm. in that manner. Yeah. Well, it's not like anyone anyone has weighed in on the. Uh, the conduct of the Ukrainian army today, and oh, amnesty, yeah. Oh, what you mean that bunch of trots? <laughs> the, the, the same people who said that the only democracy in the Middle East is an apartheid state. Yeah, pull. Yeah, I'm not, right. But, but I'm gonna listen to, to them. seriously wrap up, I guess, on the Ford uh, <laughs> conversation is it, it, it's the, the 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 sort of coda to all this is that. Uh, the claims in the Panorama documentary are essentially just settled because uh, the BBC just said nothing to see here, folks, and Starmer and Co said, "Nope, we're not gonna we're not gonna include any of the the uh, vulgar claims there." And uh, weirdly, John Ware has declined to sue Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, yeah. After well, making I mean, a lot of noise about it, you know, I think there's a three hundred thousand, like yeah. Uh, pound strong defense fund against any action for for for, for wear and co. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't really care. Uh, yeah, I I think there's probably a heavy price tag, uh, and also John Ware is a pussy old. Uh, but but at the end of the day, it's like Ford has come along and said, yeah, actually this was all bullshit. It, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like when um it's it's like the shortened term where. You, where the U.S. declassifies <laughs> documents, saying, uh, "Yeah, actually, we did like sterilize a bunch of black people, um, but it's too late now. You can't really do anything about it." Um, and so, the best we might even get, yeah, yeah, uh, is some further leak in not leak, uh, some further reference in a memoir in twenty years' time, uh, with some contemporary. For what I mean is, with like, you know, where was saying, oh. You have no idea what evidence we had that would have come out in a court case. 
Um, it's, it, again, just goes to another school. Yeah, exactly. Just and all they, this evidence that they just didn't consider pertinent to their TV program. Okay. Uh, to, to the TV program or preventing the greatest anti-Semites in the, since Hitler to prevent... Yeah, they, 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 were, they were just like, oh, no, we'll hold back on this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah, no need to give this to Lee Harpin. No need to get a grid of how to yeah, put so, this stuff out during the 2019 general election. Yeah, so maybe we'll get a memoir about that, and that'll what be pretty cool. Shit. <laughs> oh, man, well, uh, you know, as we know, some of the claims uh, made in that documentary relate directly to Mr. Seamus Milne. Mr. Seamus Milne, who uh, is said to be writing a book that is taking a long time. Thus, I assume it will be the definitive account of the Corbin years. I mean, maybe maybe he will reveal all of these WhatsApp groups that you and I have been involved with, all 78 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would just be full of quotes <laughs> from us that we've told. Told Seamus some, like, <laughs> hilarious shit in DMs. He's like, yeah, and then Bane said this really fucking funny thing. Like, <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. That, that's, that's the one thing I, I want to go back to. Uh, Ford, Ford, yeah. Ford, in terms of the WhatsApp ch- checks, Ford says it's like, uh, in terms of that WhatsApp chat, he says, "Oh, well, as you would expect with a WhatsApp chat, it contains you know fairly anodyne things re- relating to work stuff and personal lives, and and so when 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 those things are stripped away, the actual terrible things that are put put in there, they seem really bad. It's like, wait." So your defense is you wanted more personal life stuff in there uh, to, to soften the blow of saying that, you know, uh, certain people should die in a fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, the pertinent stuff is pertinent. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 the impertinent stuff is not pertinent. Like, yeah, great insight. <laughs> yeah. And also it puts to bed the idea that a WhatsApp chat started amongst work colleagues for the purpose of work is some sort of private correspondence. So that's my legal take for the day. If you're in, if you're in a workplace uh, and you have a work chat in WhatsApp, uh, don't say anything you don't want to see in court. Pete, it has been a pleasure to get your legal expertise on all these uh, thorny matters today. Uh, well, you know, that's, uh, that's what I'm here for. Um, and I, I just need to say that nothing unless you pay me the $5 that Jimmy McGill gets paid in uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, nothing is, you know, cl- client-related. So, so A, it's not, it, it, it's, not um, it's not privileged, and B, you can't sue me for it if you, in fact, go down. So, yeah. Yeah. I go to further as to say nothing in this show, or indeed in our wider uh, careers as podcasters uh, has ever been actionable and i urge you not to further investigate that claim <laughs> all right guys thank you for having it's me been up. really really good man we've gone seriously in depth <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to yeah have this. yeah now i still live in that railroad shack and i wander around that dusty old track like a lonely old timer out of my mind Looking for a woman who is sweet and kind to me Back when the milk train used to rumble my shack Used to stop outside
come back here anymore. Now the only thing to come on through is a Jimmy John now and then. And I dream of the day she'll come back this way. Let me get to know.